0: There was an idea,
1: Rambo. I come to bargain.
2: Before we get started,
0: does anyone want to get out? Bunch
2: of jackasses standing in a circle. Baskin Robbins always finds out. I prefer the faster bait. Are you Tony's stank? I am Iron Man.
0: What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to a brand new episode of Assembly Required, an MCU retrospective, the show where we reassemble the MCU piece by piece, movie by movie, episode by episode. I am your host, Eduardo, and we've got a really fantastic show for you today, full of lots of arguing and angry people. Uh, we've got the uh, the lord of anger himself, Chris, here. Chris, what's up, buddy? Well, that's maybe a little premature. Uh, okay. we, don't, we don't know how angry I'm going to be. Yesterday, you talked about how you might kick me out of your house. Yeah, well... That was yesterday. I was have, I was having a rough day at work. I saw you. You left your left the group chat out of anger.
3: I didn't leave the group chat. You said
0: I can't be a part of this conversation anymore. And then I continued being a part of the conversation because I'm a damned liar. Classic, classic liar, Chris. <laughs> that laugh you hear back, that little chuckle, that's Peaches himself. Peach. Why little chuckle, people? <laughs> <laughs> hey, little, that's your new name. He is no longer Peaches. He is now I'm Little just, Chuckle. Little, chuckle's little, little Chuckle is my rap name.
1: Uh, if you see an album out there, it's me, uh, Little Chuckle. <laughs> <laughs> People recognize my Little Chuckle by now, right? I'm always Little Chuckling. <laughs> Every Sounds day, like I'm Chuck a new chuckling. killer
2: clown name.
0: Dun, dun.
1: Yeah, Ooh. <laughs> what do you want me to do? Knock my, what are you going to do? Knock my block off? That's
0: the album name. That's a really good point, Angela, who's joining us for this episode. Welcome, Angela. It's
2: me, the Lady Anger. The Lady Anger. <laughs>
0: nice. Uh, I don't know if anybody has caught on yet, but we're here to talk all about. Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, uh, written
3: by someone who Chris and Angela really dislike and directed by <laughs> Sam Raimi. Michael Waldron, who did an excellent job as the head writer of Loki. I want to throw that out there before uh, I, before I talk I about how much name. I don't like the script of this movie. Stop <laughs> while he was ahead.
0: Damn. Yep. <laughs> Didn't he do that one? Which one came first?
2: Loki. Did
3: it?
0: Well, like, Loki dropped first, but was it done first? He
3: got this job off of... Off of Loki? Loki? Yeah. Okay. Mm. And then he also, not that this really matters, but he punched up the script for the uh, Avengers dinner show on the Disney Wish.
0: (laughs) Thank (laughs) God. That
1: makes me more upset. Why? Because I really liked Loki. Uh I mean, I did... uh, I eventually came around on this, but what you told me that you will
3: end up bringing up...
1: Oh, yeah. Mysterious. Mm -hmm. Alluding to...
3: We'll talk about it later. The name of our bonus podcast, baby. <laughs> so we're here to talk
0: once again about uh, Multiverse of Madness. It's going to be a fun episode. I just want to warn you guys from the jump. There are going to be a lot of divisive opinions. I feel like we have been, especially with the Disney Plus shows, pretty like on the same page for a little while. I think um, definitely with most of Moon Knight and most of uh, Miss Marvel, for the most part, we haven't had an episode like I feel like we're going to have now in a while.
3: When's the last time we actually had strong disagreements? I mean, we've had, like, mild disagreements about some things. I mean, like, I feel like Eternals, there was, like, Robbie was like, I hate this movie, and the rest of us were like, this movie could have been better.
1: Uh, I feel like (laughs) Bailey was on the very pro Eternals side of things. That's
0: true. And I would also uh, argue that, while they weren't as divisive, we had very differing opinions at the beginning of Phase 4 with like WandaVision and Loki about what was happening. So while they weren't mm. like heated, like, I like this, I don't, it was more like, you're an idiot for thinking that's going to happen. Oh, and like then there's our, Peaches being like, our hypothesis. No, the stork is absolutely evil. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I stand by that. <laughs> the surveillance stork is evil and my boy. That's right. That,
0: both of them
3: at B-O-I. the same time.
1: <laughs>
0: my evil boy. <laughs> We
3: begin in the Gap Junction, The Space Between
0: Universes. The
3: Space Between Spaces from the Indiana Jones movie Everybody Loves. The Space Between by Valencia.
0: There's something strange going on in my head. The Space Between the Written Lines. We're going all over the place. I don't
1: have one. I'm sorry. The Space Bar.
0: (laughs) Is that you pressing the Space Bar? (laughs) Yes. Is that what that was? This wooden keyboard. (laughs) So America Chavez and Defender Strange Race to the Book of Ashanti While attempting to evade a ribboned creature Strange's attempts to contain The monster-proof futile Leading him to attempt to steal Chavez's power of multiversal travel
3: And he said the thing
0: He says the thing uh, That I think at the time Was like, oh, that's a good line And I I enjoy that this movie Takes that line and kind of Turns it on its head in the in the grand calculus of the multiverse, this is the something like I forget yeah, the, Your the,
3: sacrifice means infinitely more.
0: Right. And it's sort of this like he's like borderline Thanos, like your sacrifice is for the greater good, kind of the greater good. You know? Um and so I I, I really enjoy that about this movie, how it kind of takes the events that happened in Infinity War specifically regarding Doctor Strange mm. and kind of is like you said this was the only possibility, yeah. but was it actually the only possibility? Because that possibility still meant lots of people dying. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that, uh, starting off the bat there, I like that. Yeah, me too. Strange's attempts to contain the monster-proof futile, leading him to attempt to steal Chavez's power of multiversal travel while knowing that the process would kill her. However, the demon kills Strange during the process, and Chavez, in fear... Inadvertently opens a portal to Earth six one six, which she and
3: Strange's corpse fall through. I'm sorry, I just rolled my eyes. What? Uh, which part? Six one six, the comics universe. I I have I have an issue with them calling it Earth six one six. That is a stupid nerd problem. It's not an actual problem I have with the movie, <laughs> but it is a stupid nerd well, problem that Iman I'm never going to not
1: agree with yeah, you? Yes, so Ma- this Marvel is on my
3: it. side. This is so. Earth one nine 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 um yeah why did they make that decision because kevin feige can do what he wants oh okay well
0: i think if i were kevin feige the way that i would see 616 is that is the home dimension that is the dimension that everyone is familiar with oh,
1: 192 point uh or 127.01 uh, what's the home ip address? 3.14 do you uh, i'm making a nerd joke and i'm really fucking it up hold on <laughs> Well, hold on. I'll, point I'll get is, back to you. The is, it's
3: an Easter egg for, for comics fans to say, oh, yeah, the main universe is 616, but it's the kind of Easter egg that will make the big comics fans upset because like, but you can't be 616 because the comics are 616. Is
2: this really set in stone, though, because it's... Christine in the other universe that comes up with this, this system. Is, this
3: is what I am telling myself to make it work for me is that the Baxter Foundation Wait, is designated it six one six. Christine, wake up!
0: Don't, don't they call it six one six in uh, in Far From Home? Yeah, yeah but, but how Jake, would he
1: know? But Mysterio is making shit up. Yeah, or was
3: he? Because he was. Well, right. now we,
0: we have had two people in different universes that have never met that we know of.
3: Yeah, that have mm-hmm. called it six one six. Yeah, but one guy was just an angry man in a fishbowl. Stark. Employee, yeah. The uh, the one I'm in the comics, the universe designations come from the Captain Britain Corps. Uh, Captain Britain, there's Captain Britain in every universe, and they all get together to defend the multiverse. And they are the ones who designate the different universes by number. So it could be that the Baxter Foundation is like, oh, we're going to call this one 616. And the Captain Britain Corps are like, yeah, you're in 199999, but we're not going to deal with that right now. That's what I'm telling that's myself. That's kind of a... Yeah, I, it's a good headcanon for yeah. what's not actually happening. That's a yeah, cool it, little fact. It's, it's a no prize for me. <laughs> I didn't know that Captain Britain
1: had anything to do with the naming convention. Yeah, so that's, ja- that's Jamie neat.
3: Braddock, I think, is his name. Yeah, yeah something yeah. Braddock. Yeah, but yeah, the Captain... Yeah, captain's brother. Corps.
0: Yeah. Dr. Strange wakes up, believing this vision to be a nightmare, and continues about his day. He dresses up to attend Christine Palmer's wedding, where he reminisces about the time they previously spent together, but Palmer insists that the relationship would have failed regardless. You always have to be the one holding the knife. Mm-hmm. Hey, is it weird to, at someone's wedding, tell them
1: that you're sad it didn't work out? <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> like... I kinda cringed at that. I didn't cringe at it the first time and then rewatching it I was like, This is like not the time. Yeah. Inappropriate.
2: It felt like another example of which I guess, you know, is in theme with kind of the overall like story here, but it felt like him trying to take control and like him trying to create closure for both of them by saying like, Sorry it got weird. I've just been so busy with superheroing stuff and it was never going to work out. Yeah, And then I feel like she actually caught him off guard by saying like, well, you're kind of the problem because yeah. you always have to be holding the knife. And it seemed like that he was sort of taken aback. Well, good for her because it's at retort. her wedding. Yeah, yeah no, absolutely. I, <laughs> I love that for her. But it seemed like he was, he didn't have to, but because he wants to be in control always, Oh yeah, he felt like he had to bring it up to get closure.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Well, Peach, I don't know if you were there or have listened to our first Doctor Strange episode, but he's uh, was I? an asshole. I,
1: I think I was there. Yeah. No, no, no. I'm not saying it's out of character for him. It is fully in character. This this whole movie was fully in his character for most of it, but yeah. um, I don't know. That's just something that stood out to me because the first time, like I said, didn't think anything of it. The second time, I'm like, dude, you cannot say that here. No. You probably shouldn't ever say it. Like, mm-hmm. maybe after the wedding, like, hey, I was an asshole. Sorry.
0: I would even go as far to say as this is, like, not even really his movie. Yep. You know? It ends up not really feeling like it. It doesn't feel like yeah. it's his movie. I mean, he's got, like... He's along for the ride. He's he's tied for second most important storyline with America Chavez. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, you know... Th- th- that's either good to me I see that as a positive because I don't think the character Doctor Strange oh, is wow. interesting enough to carry their own film. This uh, is
1: another way that this reminds me of Ragnarok the pin pin okay okay um, uh.
3: this wedding scene also is where uh, Nick who he used to work with at the hospital you know sits next to him and is like, hey my cats and brother died during the blip. did you have to do it this way? Was he yeah. from the
1: first
2: movie? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay,
3: I didn't recognize him.
2: And he got top billing. He got like the he, width he got the with credit, credit for one is scene. Impressive. Yeah. What, is, what
1: has he been in? I don't even know that actor.
3: Uh, Michael this is This he, is not me besmirching you, sir. I'm sure if you're listening. No, I
1: am. Yeah. Let's see. Don't.
3: He has been. I've got his IMDb up right here. Um, Weirdo. Yeah. I was trying to find out his character's name. Oh, I he was in The Shape IMDb. of Water. He was on the TV oh. uh, show Fargo. He's in Call Me By Your Name. I know some of those words. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's in
0: a lot of Oscar bait? Yeah. <laughs> uh,
3: oh, okay. He was he was a, a, a recurring character on Boardwalk Empire. Hey, listen.
1: Shape of Water was pretty good if yeah. you just uh, really want to watch a sad story and a lot of masturbating. <laughs> am, am I wrong? <laughs> Why would I
0: watch that story if I live that story? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no.
3: Uh, he, he was in Lincoln. Well, yeah. So he's been so in, he's Oscar been in several things. Yeah. He was on link. <laughs> he's on LinkedIn. No, no, no. Masturbate. You misheard.
1: <laughs> Doctor Strange and the masturbate of madness.
2: Also, before we move on, they used on to from think
1: the, that,
3: that was related. Anyway, before I'm sorry. we move
2: on from the wedding, and I can't take credit for this because it's I found it on TikTok, like everything else, but. If you watch this scene where Doctor Strange sits down in the pew and starts talking to the other guy, just look at the woman who's sitting right behind Doctor Strange, the extra... Oh yeah. And she's got kind she's of like extra. She's truly extra. She is doing the most and once you see it you can't unsee it. She's the most distracting extra I've ever seen. She is so hard. great with her face. cut that woman a yeah. check. Yeah.
0: So I've seen videos of that but it's not just about her. It's about like extras in Sam Raimi movies and how in, including Spider-Man if there are certain parts where if you look at extras they're doing the most ridiculous things you could imagine oh, but that's you right? don't <laughs> you don't notice it because you're focused I wonder on the, if the he characters instructs
1: them
3: to do that. You, I could totally see him doing that yeah, that me feels too. like it's in his, the vein of his sense of humor because yeah. the way
1: that woman is looking around the room it's like they're not in a, in a typical church
0: like there's it, stuff on the wall yeah, it looks it's like she feeling. just got there and she's like she's not prepared for the scene yet yeah. like they're just yeah. practicing and she's like oh she's never this. been in a room this is before so
1: cool. <laughs> like a room at all this is the first room she's ever been in she's like Whoa, <laughs> wow corners. they
3: stained glass now
1: <laughs> floors
3: <laughs> oh boy
0: During the celebration, an invisible entity begins to terrorize the streets of New York. Strange is forced to respond and reveals the entity as Gargantos, a giant tentacled monster who is actually just Shumagoroth.
3: Yeah, we're not gonna. I I refuse to call him Gargantos. They never say anything in the movie, so he's Shumagoroth. He's Shumagoroth. They were just afraid to call him that because of potential copyright issues. Because he's actually, I think, from Conan the Barbarian, Mm. maybe. But he's probably public domain, but just in case they they decided to call him Gargantos, which is a sea monster that was in like one issue of one comic ever in Marvel history. Also hmm. present is Chavez, whom Strange
0: recognizes from his nightmare and rescues her. Wong arrives at the scene from Carmitage and together they kill Gargantos by gouging its eye out. The, the first of many, I, I remember watching this in the theater and being surprised every time we got a gruesome death scene and being like, "Well, that's <laughs> yeah. their gruesome death scene for the movie. Like, they're not going to have another one." And then there would just <laughs> always be another <laughs> Hold one. My beard, <laughs> right? Yeah. They would just uh, one up themselves over and over and over again.
2: Yeah, this movie has a lot of grotesque parts to it, yeah. which I know is the Sam Raimi of it all. And that they wanted this to be a little more of a not. It's not a horror film, but have horror elements to it. Um, which is cool, but he also he does a lot of eye stuff. <laughs> if you notice in this movie, there's just a lot of like zooming in on people's eyes. Oh you know? yeah, and yeah. we kick it off with this big eyeball getting stabbed out.
1: I like the, the pop creature. sound yeah. that when when, <laughs> when the flagpole <laughs> pulls the eye out. It's like.
2: <laughs> I also want to say I appreciate um, not related to the eyes, but when Doctor Strange kind of leaps into action. He jumps off the balcony to go fight the thing. And it definitely feels like a, you can kind of feel what Christine's feeling of like, geez, you know, Mm -hmm. like he, it seems like he's.
0: Like really today of all days. Well, I'm
2: too good for this wedding. I'm going to go fight the thing or whatever. (laughs) Like just very full of himself kind of hero exit. I thought that was but cool, then, though. It w- oh, I mean, it's, it was cool. <laughs> it would be cool
0: under any other circumstance except
1: um, at your ex's wedding. It's well,
2: like how's he supposed white?
0: to leave to help fight the tentacle monster? The stairs like everyone else. Um, he can fly. <laughs> he can fly? <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, I was just going to say, I like that by contrast then, when Wong enters, he has a very, like, hero entrance. Like, just the way that he shows up and I forget if he, like, does a hero landing or something but like the way the music is kind of triumphant when he shows up and like i don't know it kind of feels like all right the sorcerer supreme is here mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> the guy who's not an asshole has shown up
0: thank
3: god i honestly, i realized watching this how happy it makes me that wong is becoming one of the backbone characters of the mcu like we know he's going to show up in she hulk okay uh, which is really neat i
0: don't mean this as an insult
3: uh-oh. is Wong like the Alfred of the MCU. In the comics he's much more of an Alfred and in, he, in that he's he's Strange's manservant.
0: I meant more of like a like a mentor, someone who like does the stuff behind the scenes that is always there to kind of be the like the guy that helps put everything together. So he's
1: kind of like a little bit in not every movie, but
3: in a lot of movies, yes,
0: he, he's kind of has his hand in a little bit of everything.
3: He's, I think, he's a bit more involved than Alfred. He's actually, you know, getting his hands dirty. Sure, yeah. I,
0: that, and I don't mean that is to say he's his manservant or his butler. Oh yeah, I, I, I know. <clears throat> I
3: know. Uh, what I mean more is his role in like, yeah, Alfred kind of holds the whole Bat family together, right? And I think that's the... what he's doing. He's, okay, he like yeah. holds everybody together. Yeah,
2: I did kind of like though how in this movie like Wong didn't feel like because he normally feels like he's Doctor Strange's. Buddy. Sec- second or whatever <laughs> yeah, you call yeah. it like his right-hand man sort of thing but he really had I felt like all the scenes he was in he kind of took charge of what was happening like mustering everyone at uh Camarotage and just and then they get separated so he all the stuff he does you know with Wanda throughout the movie like I just feel like he's very much his own character and not just the sidekick yeah, he, he
3: still feels like he's the Sorcerer Supreme. Yeah. Strange is off on an adventure, but you don't get the sense oh, but yeah, Strange is definitely better than this guy. Mm-hmm. I can no longer
1: hear Sorcerer Supreme without thinking of that stupid tweet. <laughs> <laughs> I've, seen, I, I've seen. I've crum-traps seen Crow Traps more, <laughs> more supreme than this court <laughs>
0: <laughs> slash sorcerer. Strange and Wong question Chavez and she explains that demons were hunting her for her powers. I want to talk about something really quickly and we can just kind of glance over it or not glance over it, but just kind of cover it really quickly. So, America Chavez in the comic books, she's from another dimension and when she lands in 616, she lands in like the Bronx and she is housed by a Puerto Rican family and that is kind of like her like... That's how she's like associated. She's she's more associated with being Puerto Rican than she is with any other Mm -hmm. nationality. In this one, she's definitely, because I believe the actress is Mexican, she's definitely more of a Mexican influenced character. And I think there were some people that were kind of upset by that. I don't mind it super much. Like, it, it doesn't really matter to me. I don't think being Puerto Rican or being part Puerto Rican is part of her identity. And I don't think that that, like, is something that like is like super important to her like thesis
3: yeah Um, because since she's from another world right yeah yeah.
0: you know i mean it would have been cool but like do i care super much not really now if you were to tell me like they glance over or don't talk about miles morales being puerto rican Mm -hmm. that would like we're we're making miles cuban
3: now or or, yeah
0: (laughs) if that happened i would be like (laughs) storming the gates of marvel (laughs) yeah (laughs) Uh, but it's yeah. like a,
1: very essential to Miles' character. Absolutely. It yeah. would yeah. be weird for them to be like, they, they, they just don't include that.
0: Right, right. Mm-hmm. As proof of her claims, she takes them to the alternate Strange's corpse to prove that Strange's nightmare was actually a peek into his counterpart across the multiverse.
3: I also just kind of don't like the conceit that all dreams are visions of the multiverse.
0: Yeah, all
1: of them? I'd
3: be fine with some of them for some people but like having every dream you mean that dream where I'm being chased naked by clowns that's happening out there somewhere yeah do you guys have some really what? awful reoccurring
1: dreams that you really hope aren't happening to a version of you out there because <laughs> how many
3: times do i forget to go to english class uh, I I, for a semester yeah that right? doesn't seem right have this yeah
1: but
0: there are if the, if the universe theory is correct there are infinite universes listen but so yes yeah, several of them are going to be you naked in front of a clown without your history I don't remember okay what one said, of my actual but-
1: reoccurring <laughs> dreams is that i am like and it's not always the same group of people but i'll be in the Dream and there'll be a bunch of people around me. I will turn around to look at something else and I turn back and everyone is gone.
0: Yeah, it's the that's the universe where everybody can teleport.
1: That sucks. <laughs> Except for me.
0: <laughs> I'm the only non teleport. No, no, no. You can teleport, they just didn't tell you they were leaving. Oh, uh, okay. It's much worse. That's so rude. Yeah. <laughs> Where'd everybody go? Upon further inspection of the corpse, Strange discovers runes of witchcraft that he realizes were also present on the tentacled creature. Knowing that this isn't his area of expertise, he visits Wanda Maximoff
3: at her farm to ask her about what she knows about the multiverse. Da,
0: da, da, da. That,
3: that made me, silly, uh, when Wong is like, do you know someone who might be able to help? And it played the little WandaVision motif. Mm-hmm. That was great. And then it was all downhill from there. <laughs> like he, newfound glory.
0: I was about to say the same. <laughs> Uh, but soon he discovers that it's chaos magic uh, conjuration created by Maximoff herself. With the Darkhold in her possession and becoming the Scarlet Witch, Maximoff reveals herself as the one who sent the demons after Chavez, believing that she could reunite with Billy and Tommy once she is able to take over the multiverse. She gives Strange before sundown to surrender Chavez at Carmetage, otherwise she'll be coming as the Scarlet Witch. It's time to talk about it. <laughs> Let's do so it. So it's the elephant in the room. What are you talking about? <laughs> we can talk about the decision to make Wanda Maximoff, the Scarlet Witch, the villain of this movie. Chris, I'm going to let you go first. Okay. Uh, mostly because I want to get up and want use the, the bathroom. Word. Oh. Okay. <laughs> and uh, it's going to give me plenty of time. <laughs> All right.
3: But then you won't get to hear his... He's heard it. I'm, <laughs> I'm honestly
0: just joking. I wanted to make a joke about Chris talking for a long time.
3: Oh. Yeah, I do tend to do that a lot. What?
0: Especially about this. I feel like we're going to be here for a while.
3: Oh, boy. I...
4: <laughs> I like, when tur- he
1: starts with a long pause, too,
4: that's I, how you know. kids.
3: I literally don't know where to begin with this. I'm going to start by saying that I am not against the idea of Wanda being a bad guy at some point. All right? I... It's a thing that happens with Scarlet Witch in the comics. Okay, I do not agree with it happening in this movie in this fashion. All right, I I have a big note in my phones. So I'm just gonna uh, in my in my phone in my notes app that I'm just gonna read. It's called "Things About Multiverse of Madness That Make Me Mad," and it's like <coughs> multiple paragraphs. Um, so my big problem with this is that Wanda's fall to evil happens entirely off screen between WandaVision and Multiverse of Madness with only a hint at the possibility of her capabilities at the end of WandaVision. Multiverse of Madness starts with her in full villain mode. For me, I think watching her go down that path would have been a much more interesting, much more satisfying story rather than chalking it up to, well, there was an evil book and she's bad now. Uh, All because, and this is true, the I have to take notes about what you're saying so I can talk about what... Hold on. Okay. (laughs)
0: I have to like take it so I can talk about your points but counter them. Hold the on. defense okay. rests. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Hang on.
3: No, go ahead. Keep talking. All right. So Michael Waldron, the screenwriter. Uh, if you watch the uh, behind the scenes special on Disney+, Plus, which I highly recommend, by the way, for all the movies and shows that they've done, I really I really enjoy their hour-long specials called uh, Assembled. And, they, and they've and covered every series and every movie that has come out since Disney Plus started. Uh, and the one for Multiverse of Madness is fun. Bruce Campbell actually hosts it. Um, but they talked to Michael Waldron and they talk about how, because of the COVID delay, now, now this is a movie that had a bit of a trouble production. Um, it was originally going to be Scott Derrickson directing it and co-writing it with his writing partner. Um, just like the first Dr. Strange left because of the creative differences I don't know whatever that means. We don't know. Are they never explained that? They never explained I th- Why would they explain what, that? What I heard... He wanted what, it to be scarier, I, perhaps? I think that is what I've heard. At least the big <laughs> speculation is that he wanted to go even more in a horror direction mm. than Marvel Studios wanted to. Um, anyway, and and the rumor that has been out there is that the original plot of this movie was going to involve Nightmare as the villain. Nightmare, who is a... Uh, I guess a demon. I don't know how to describe him, but he lives in the nightmare dimension and he can, like, haunt people's dreams and it was going to be... Stephen and Wanda teaming up to stop him So when they brought Sam Raimi into direct They brought Michael Waldron into write, And he wrote a new draft And then everything shut down because of COVID So they pushed back the start of Production from May to November I think it was So he re- they threw out the first draft And he wrote an entirely new one The original idea was that this movie Was going to end With Wanda turning bad Setting her up as a future threat and he was like, I want to write an evil Wanda story. We're just going to have her start evil. And I think that is greedy and lazy and, and uninspired. Um, all because he wanted to do a crazy evil Wanda story, which to me is the trope the comics have really gone to too often without much subtlety. And it's the type of story that we got in WandaVision that was handled with a lot more empathy befitting the tragic nature of it, of a hero falling. Okay? This isn't to say that Wanda WandaVision Wanda is blameless for her actions. I think you can argue that the show is maybe a little bit too forgiving with like Monica's line uh, at the end about they'll never know what you sacrificed. Maybe that was giving her a little bit too much credit. But I do think that um, her overall path in the movie is she does a bad thing accidentally, realizes what she's done, but is like, no, but I can handle this realizes she can't handle it and the impact it's having and struggles with having what she wants and a realization that she's doing something horrible and then fixing the problem in the end she lets them go and she's like okay clearly I'm in over my head I need to go learn about all of this. Oh WandaVision yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. Um, Maybe this movie arguably. Um, There are hints of, of, of darkness in Wanda at the end of WandaVision in the finale you know when she's like oh Agatha you're going to live here and and, she, and Agatha calls it cruel She's right, that is a very cruel punishment So there are hints of a darkness in Wanda And the implication is that Maybe she can't handle her newfound power Without guidance The idea of her eventually going down a dark path Is there But we skip all of that So that in the, the first 20 minutes of this movie She is already like And I'm going to kill all of you So I can kill that child Which to me Is unsatisfying and it is a disservice to a character that many people came to love, especially the WandaVision. For me, I think, the idea, again, the idea of Wanda, a movie that is her Revenge of the Sith, her, a Wanda actually going down this dark path and like becoming an evil Scarlet Witch, is a, is a movie that I want to see, and it's a movie we didn't get. It's a story we didn't get. It's a story that happened between the post-credits of WandaVision, showing her reading the evil book, and the start of this where she already has an outrageous multiversal plan. For me, imagine a multiverse of madness that ends with her becoming bad, setting her up as a villain for an Avengers movie somewhere down the line. Uh, you know, maybe it could have been an Avengers disassembled or, or something like that, like they did in the comics. The bigger thing about this that I think would have been better is that Wanda and Doctor Strange have never interacted in the movies before. I don't think they have any scenes together I think the only time they're ever on screen At the same time is probably Tony Stark's funeral uh, Maybe the wide shot Of uh, of the battlefield In Endgame But they have no interactions They have no relationship What What is more interesting Having Wanda as an antagonist for a character Like Doctor Strange that she has no relationship to Or having her face down her teammates And her friends Having her fighting Hawkeye Having her fight Sam, having her fight all these characters that she used to fight alongside with. That is a more interesting Evil Wanda story to me. You could even set up a redemption arc somewhere for a later movie after she's been defeated. um, Where we can use an ending like this, where she realizes what's going on and destroys the Darkhold. I, I just, for me, I feel like they skipped a lot of character development because they wanted to do an Evil Wanda movie. That... An evil Wanda movie is not a bad thing. I am not against it. I think that's what a lot of people get mad at me for when I argue about this movie. It's like, you don't like that they turned her bad. No, that's not it. I don't like that they turned her bad now. I don't believe that the Wanda we find at the end of WandaVision is a month or two away from murdering 100 sorcerers at Comertage. I think the Wanda we find at the end of WandaVision is a few more bad days away from it. I want to see that, though. When this is a character that we have been with since Age of Ultron and has been in multiple movies and a TV show, I want to watch The Fall. I don't want someone going like, well, I don't want someone else to be able to make a movie where this happens. I want to do it. I think it's shitty.
1: The end. The killing joke says that it only takes one bad
3: day. Yeah, uh, but (laughs) she's had... (laughs)
1: I don't know, no. I I actually agree with most of what you just said, but I don't think I should be the one to go next because
3: you and have let, taken notes, and sir. And let, and let me say that watching this movie a second time, knowing going in that this is what it's like, I was able to enjoy the things that I like about this movie more. If you can just accept that they made a very bad character decision, but with this I'm, here's a part where I'm going to make everyone mad. I feel about this movie the same way I feel about Rise of Skywalker. There are good parts to it and one, Get in, the fuck and, out of one here. and one <laughs> and one You're getting be- kicked out of your own house now. No. Let me talk. <laughs> we do, is- sir. He hasn't been talk. talking. <laughs> Let him talk. Yeah. Let me explain what I mean. Is that there are good parts in this movie that I like. And there is one enormous story decision that ruins the rest of it for At me. At the end,
1: Wanda looks into the camera, and there's some rando <laughs> there, and what's your name? Wanda Skywalker.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah. Wanda being the villain from the beginning of this movie is the a Palpatine of the MCU for me. Mm.
0: Interesting. Wow. I can't disagree more with basically everything you said.
3: Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh I'll start at the beginning. You don't like
0: watching character development? I do like watching character development. I okay. thought I got it in WandaVision. And I think that it starts It starts there. So when I finished WandaVision, I went and I watched the first I Yesterday I had like a plan. I watched the last episode of WandaVision, I watched Multiverse of Madness, and then I watched The Assembled all right after each other. Okay. I watched it all in like a big block. When I finished Multiverse of, uh, or the last episode of WandaVision, especially now having watched Multiverse of Madness the first time, my goggles for what was happening and how that show resolved changed. It, it you know at first I was like oh it's like a happy resolution but as you start to watch the end of that show there's nothing happy about it. It's just a reliving of tr- like if you're going to talk about Wanda's trauma and what she has been through, yes she gets to wish this fake vision a goodbye, but the truth is all Wanda does once again is lose. Uh, and she ends up, in my opinion, in a worse spot than she did to begin with. Uh, I think the whole, like her, like enslaving a town and whatever, is kind of almost like beside the point. It's about her and her loss and what she feels she's deserved. I'll also disagree that she's in full villain mode at the beginning of this movie because I think they cover part of this in The Assembled. They talk about how Wanda has been through so much. She's lost so much, even Strange,
3: who she feels is almost culpable in the fact that. He is the one that said it needs to go this way. By the way, she's absolutely right about every bad thing she says about Doctor Strange, and I would love for a movie to actually (laughs) deal with that at some point.
0: I agree. Uh, She talks about Doctor Strange. She talks about how... No, she doesn't talk about Doctor Strange, but in the, in the, in the the, the little documentary thing afterwards, they talk about how Doctor Strange was almost culpable in the fact that Vision is dead, and he is dead before everything has happened. Like, Thanos needed to snap, so they needed to have her blast visions brains out Mm -hmm. and then watch him die again and then go to a town where he dies a third time and also throw in some kids that you've now are grief stricken you're clearly going through some emotional and mental health issues and you've lost those children as well when i finish the end of wandavision i don't see a happy wanda i see a I never
3: said she was happy.
0: But I see a down, distressed Wanda who feels like she deserves much. I will also say, and I know you think it's stupid, and I don't think it's stupid because we're talking about superheroes and magic and nonsense. It is okay to be like, she was on the edge and the
3: dark Darkhold pushed her off. Well, then show it in the movie. Don't just tell me, oh, this book that we uh, had in one episode of this TV show and at the beginning... Of I want to see that happen. I think I think, it, they, I think it's a lazy shortcut.
0: No, I think they do show it in the movie. And I think if you'll let me talk like I let you talk, Chris... You're right, I'm sorry. <laughs> I will back
3: off. <laughs> cool. uh,
0: so, do you want to go get lunch? <laughs> <laughs> There's a Panera
4: down the street. Yeah. <laughs> we'll I,
0: be back in time. <laughs> I do think that she is not in full venom of the beginning of the movie. They talk a little bit about this in the documentary, about how when she first starts off, all she wants is America. The only thing that she is interested in... Is America and making sure and like, yes, killing America. But I think in her eyes, and they've, you know, even um, Elizabeth Olsen talks about this. In her eyes, that's a small sacrifice to pay for all that she has sacrificed already. She's lost her husband a bunch of times and her children, and she is okay with this small sacrifice because of everything she's had to give up so, so far. I'm not saying it is a correct decision, but I'm saying in her mind, that's how she's rationalizing it. And from then on. If you notice, she doesn't instigate almost anything. She goes to Comrade They start shooting at her. And she she warns them multiple times. If you don't let me get America, you're not going to like what happens. I'm being easy on you. And every step of the way, she's like, look, I'm trying to just get what I want. And they attack her. They prevent her. And in a lot of ways, she defends herself from this stuff. Once again, this is not saying that she is correct, but her logic, the way she's doing it. She's not just like out there akimbo AKs, (laughs) you know, blowing people down. She's like, look, I need to get to this person. You guys are the ones preventing me. I am warning you over and over again. Please just let me get America. And they're not. In her brain, it's not her that's doing it. It's them. They're the ones putting themselves. They've killed themselves. I I can't get on your side
1: with this one because that's like saying – You're not letting me bully you. You need to let me bully
0: you. Look, you you have to understand that I am not saying it is a correct opinion. I am not saying it is her being right. I am saying in her mind, she thinks she is right. And you have to understand that people don't normally think in like – Coherently, especially in 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 forms of trauma, this movie is all oh, about yeah. is it, all about grief, and you know it, it's about her grief and her kind of like letting go of some of that last bits of grief that she has. But it's also, I am not, and I know Chris has said multiple times he doesn't mad he's not mad that uh, Wanda went bad, but I think there are a lot of people out there that are mad that mm-hmm. Wanda went bad, and I think it is okay to have a character that is corruptible, and that no matter what you do. There, it's always going to happen. They're always going to be a person. There's not a redemption at the other side of the rainbow for them. I think that's okay. I actually find it really interesting. Where I will have pauses. I don't think it should have been Wanda. Like, I find this movie very believable. I really like the movie. I really like uh, kind of the, the direction they took Wanda's character. I thought it was really interesting, but I don't think it should have happened because if you look at Wanda and you look at sort of the female Avengers and superheroes, she was one that was incredibly popular, especially after WandaVision, people really, really love the Scarlet Witch. And it's not like we have like a laundry list of really relatable, likable female superheroes. So to take the one that's basically at the top that everybody is like fervoring for and then be like, all right, we're going to make her the bad guy and basically kill her off at at the end of the movie. That's the kind of stuff I'm not cool with. I'll also disagree. I don't think WandaVision tells the same tale as the movie. Uh, I think uh, saying it in really broad strokes and saying Wanda was good, then bad, then good at the end is not fair to storytelling and discounts some of the nuance of what was happening in the film versus what would happen in, um, uh, in, in WandaVision. Um, like I said, I don't think killing, uh, her killing, especially at the beginning she doesn't believe it's her fault but as she does it little more and more that's the corruption even in the way that she looks she starts to deteriorate as the movie goes on obviously she's in another body but she goes from like being these like this like well Kept together, Scarlet Witch, and by the middle of the movie, she's like got like broken shoulders, and she's like bleeding from the face. Like she is, she is corrupting before our eyes in the movie. I don't think it's fair to say that she we don't get that because I think in the movie is exactly where we get it. I just think it's not happening in the way that you expected it to, um, and I think that it. I don't. I don't put a lot of value in going. Well, what if they did this instead? Because at the end of the day. We this is what we got, and 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 I don't think it's fair to be like because you start to get into really murky territory of like, you know, this is what they should have done with the Last Jedi, and this is what they should have done, and right, and like, I don't personally, I don't find value in those conversations because it, it 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 sort of like moves the the issue to things that are it's like when somebody like it's like when you're trying to make a point and somebody brings up like a really crazy scenario that technically. D- this proves your point, but like it's not, it's not, uh, it it, it doesn't, uh, it's not respectful of yeah, the
1: conversation there's a, there's a fallacy name for that. I know what you're trying th- to say. I think yeah. there's
3: a difference though between I'm mad that Mephisto wasn't behind WandaVision and I don't like the direction they took this character development based on what we've seen before. Yeah, but that's not and what I'm I saying. Find, yeah.
0: Well, what I said was that, uh, the saying the what ifs afterwards and being like, I want them to go here, 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 and here is maybe not the correct way to, to to funnel your 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 want for the character mm. i think it's you know yeah there could have been a disassembled where Wanda did all these things but she didn't we got this multiverse of madness. So yeah, it was, I didn't like it and that's fair, <laughs> but it, I, I don't think it being like, Oh, well it could have been this. It, I, like, I don't think it adds any value. Like, yeah, it could have been a hundred different things. Mm-hmm. We don't know. It could have been a movie about Dr. Strange and Wanda Maximoff ice skating. And that's the whole movie. And honestly, I probably would have watched that, mm-hmm. but like, does it add any value to the conversation we're talking about here? I don't think so.
1: Magic on ice. All right. Cause on ice. Cause they're like, who at, else wants to talk? I've odds. talked for a long time.
2: Well, I'm torn because I kind of agree with and see both sides of all of this. All right. Let's go. Moderate us. I, (laughs) like Chris, after seeing- I like
1: Chris too. (laughs) (laughs) That was an air five just to not make the clapping noise.
2: After seeing Multiverse of Madness the first time, I felt sort of in shock and like just sort of heartbroken a little, that that's the story we got Mm. because I wanted to see, you know, I had come to care about Wanda so much through WandaVision. I felt for her. I, the episode um, where she has to like re-experience all these tragic moments in her life, basically. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, at the end when we see her, um, how she kind of creates the hex and everything and when she like falls to her knees and is just like so broken and like that makes me tear up every time like it just it's so tragic and so I care a lot about her and I want good things for her absolutely (laughs) so to see her out of the gate you know kind of go to this really dark place and to be this corrupted version of Wanda. It's it's just really heartbreaking. And I think it would have been more satisfying to have kind of witnessed the fall, to kind of see her go in with good intentions. I was saying to Chris that, you know, my pitch for this movie would be that the two of them are teaming up to fight a villain like Nightmare or something like that. And she has the dark hold from WandaVision. And realizes her kind of last-ditch effort to save the day is to use the Darkhold against their enemy, and then it kind of corrupts her in the process, and she turns, and then that's sort of the cliffhanger for whatever's next is that she is now the Scarlet Witch, like, full-on corrupted, you know, Scarlet Witch. And I also think that she is deserving of being an Avengers-level threat. Like, that would have been... I agree with Chris that that would have, to me, been a more compelling movie for her to be the villain of where she's fighting these people she used to fight alongside and that she had relationships with, especially Clint. Um, you know, and she she's the Scarlet Witch. She's like the strongest Avenger. Mm-hmm. I don't care what Thor says. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, so it would have been neat. her to be the villain of an, an Avengers film like that's that's the big times that's the big leagues you know to be the villain of one of those films so I'm sad we didn't get that that is what I wanted we didn't get that that's fine but in terms of what we did get I do understand I can understand why things played out the way they did and I agree with you Eduardo that um She wasn't out of the gate, you know, crazy and, you know, unhinged and all these things. Like she isolated herself in this orchard (laughs) and she was trying to not, I mean, in a way she was getting her hands dirty, but she was trying not to get her hands dirty by sending out henchmen to hunt down America. And, you know, she wasn't setting out to murder lots of people to get to America. She just.
3: I want to be in America Um,
2: and she does try saying to Doctor Strange like I am being reasonable here like this is me Wanda talking to you not the Scarlet Witch I'm trying to be reasonable this is the one thing I want after all the shit I've been through and you know I'm a mother (laughs) and I will do anything to get my kids and you know, they are real. I don't care what you say. They are real. And I like her little line about, he's like, you created them from magic. They're not real. And she's like, that's what every mother does. Like, that was cute. Um, <laughs> and, and she's right to blame him for, she's like, you gave Thanos the time stone. And it's because of you that I had to, you know, blast a hole through my partner's head and then watch him die all over again. And then it meant nothing. And, you know, so she has every right to be pissed at him. And also, I like that she keeps calling him out throughout the movie for how what a hypocrite he is. Mm-hmm. Yep, I agree. Because, you know, he makes these big decisions that cost other people's lives. And it's, he's considered a hero. And she makes a decision that she thinks is for the better to, to get her kids and it's worth it in the long run. But she's deemed the villain for it. And that, that's not fair. And we've seen Tony Stark make those kind of decisions too. And he's called the hero for it. Mm -hmm. Um, It is a double standard. And I don't think in this first scene in The Orchard and everything, like, I don't think she's crazy. She's this (laughs) unhinged woman. (laughs) Oh, no. You know, like, she's actually pretty reasonable in what she's saying to him about, um, you know, the part he's played in all of this and just that she is trying to not make this a mess. She just, there's this one thing she wants. Do I agree with the one thing she wants? No, I don't want her to <laughs> hunt down and murder America to steal her power. No, I don't want that. But I'm just saying, like, there is a little bit of a progression that we get. And that even when she gets to Kamar she does um, say, like, I'm asking you again. Or, you know, Bernie Sanders, I am once again asking. For... <laughs> 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 for you to hand over America. And, um, you know, we can... this. No one has to get hurt. Like, we can leave it at that.
0: Only one person has to get hurt.
2: Yeah, only one person has to get hurt. So, like...
3: Which is the grand calculus of the multiverse. Right. Stop it. I wanted to say this. Yes. Oh, sorry. So, I have to go last. Save okay. something for me.
2: So, anyway, all in all, you know, TLDR is <laughs> that... I agree with Chris in that I wanted a different movie. I wanted her villain story to play out a different way. Um, I wanted to see the fall rather than just have it explained like she read the bad book. And, you know, that's how we that's how we got it. The Bible? (laughs) Um, but But for what we got, I can also understand the progression of things and why it played out the way it did. And I can make peace with that. The end.
1: I oh, like every little <laughs> chuckles your for, turn. For, for the listeners. Everybody just turned their head at me once <laughs> Angela stopped talking. It was very strange. Doctor uh, strange. Um, okay. So I feel like I'm some amalgamation of all of these opinions here. We need to have an alignment chart uh, <laughs> where, where, where we all plot in the different quadrants here. Okay. Uh, somebody make that and send it to us. Um, I don't know. I'll first start saying that I agree with Chris on the, uh, you know, I came back and, and Angela said this too. I think we all said this to some degree. We all came back and watched this a second time and maybe felt different about it in a positive way, but with some.
0: I didn't say that. Mine went down. Well, a little, mine, my, I felt a little worse. Oh, like okay. Well, never changed.
1: mind. Mm-hmm. It was you. Uh <laughs> pieces I this and the reason is and the reason is based on what you said of once you get past the this shocking thing happened the and the first time I watched it I couldn't wrap my head around that thing and that's why I left the theater when we all saw it no thoughts head empty I was like the fuck did I just watch and and everybody was like here's how I feel about the movie and here's how I feel and I have you know a couple people that I talk to that we talk about right after we see these movies and and shows we talk Mm -hmm. about them in in text and I was like I don't know what to tell you I I still don't have an opinion and so watching this a second time knowing all of these story beats and all these I was it had that Ragnarok effect that's that's kind of one of my points is i it took me a while to like ragnarok because i couldn't wrap my head ab- around thor being cool and fun <laughs> um and the movie was so different from the other ones but once you accept those character changes whether you like them or not it feels like a put a well put together movie i don't know if i would go out and say that this movie was you know i don't know how well put together this movie is i haven't gotten there yet but mm. watching it a second time i found it much more enjoyable now that being said on the, like, how we feel about what Wanda is doing scale, I do feel a lot closer to what Chris is saying because I also just did this whole watch WandaVision. Then when we watched it the first time, I didn't do any prep, yeah. right? I just went straight to the movie theater with you guys. And w- for we watched it. For reference, Angela and I rewatched watched WandaVision right before the movie yeah. came out. So. This this time I watched the whole thing, not just the finale. I watched it start to finish um, and <laughs> I forgot how much I love that damn show. It's so good. Isn't it? Um. And then went into this. And here's the problem that I have is that specifically in WandaVision, yes, she is dealing with grief. And I understand because I have dealt with grief that when you're grieving, sometimes you lash out and you do things that you didn't mean to do and you regret those things. Like I totally get that. Very relatable. But the difference I think in WandaVision is that in the finale – She's confronted by all the people of Westview. And yes, she has done these bad things. But the difference here is she sees these other people that are circumstantially a part of her life. They're not her kids and they're not Vision. And she decides, yes, I am a hero. I need to do the right thing to not hurt these other people. And she's again, it sucks, but she sacrifices the life that she has grown to care about to protect these strangers in Westview that she's been manipulating. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's what makes her a hero there. Whereas in this movie, maybe she... Because you don't just grieve once and then get over it, right? You can fall back into grief. In this movie, she she basically dives right in and then further and further and further into, I don't care about any obstacles in my path. These this movie's version of the citizens of Westview, they're going to die if they get in my way, whether it's because they're defending themselves or not. They are going to, they're dead that nobody will care about. Everybody who cares about them is going to be sad because I'm going to kill them mm-hmm. to get to this this end goal. And i it just feels so weird to go from that to this. And also, I agree that Doctor Strange is a hypocrite, and everything she says about him is true. But as you were just saying, the whole... We, we started off this podcast by saying, you know, finally they address this grand calculus of the multiverse thing, that's all bullshit. She's doing the same thing. In the grand calculus of my universe, America Chavez needs to die. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't think... Th- she's also being hypocritical. I think that yeah. that is that's yeah. unreasonable for... You know, she's doing this because she wants to be with her kids again. America is somebody's kid too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Killing her hurts somebody else.
0: Yeah, but I don't think Wanda's on this podcast to defend herself. Like I I know. I, and I don't think the intention is for her to be reasonable. I think No, she, no, no, I know. It is, oh, yeah, yeah. She is intentionally unreasonable. I also like I get that. I think where I most disagree with you is that I don't think she is a hero by the end of Wandavision.
1: No, no, no. I I don't mean that she is a. She did a hero thing. Yeah, that but doesn't make her even, a full hero. I don't even think
0: she did a hero thing. By the end of Wandavision, the only person that Wanda has defended is herself, because her children and her her her, her husband are manifestations of her reality, and she doesn't necessarily defend the townspeople. She, I disagree
1: because she. Let those three people go To give those citizens their lives back
0: Which she took from them in the first place I know
1: she messed up And then she said yeah, but like, I messed up
0: <laughs> Yeah but I, I don't call that a heroic action To be like oh I enslaved all of you And took away all your free will Here's your free will back I am a hero okay, okay, right, but, right. but here's On the, the thing grand is-
1: scheme of things yes But after accidentally having
0: done this And then
1: pitted at this choice I don't,
0: I don't think she She like is conscious of it Eventually, yeah, yeah, but like throughout most of it, she's she's like fairly certain. Like, she starts off at the beginning of Wandavision being like kind of sure, and then like throughout the middle of Wandavision, you kind of figure out that she's like more conscious about what yeah, she's yeah, doing. Yeah. She's not conscious to the, but effect. she does
3: the same thing that Tony Stark does. She does the same thing that Stephen Strange does, where she's like, "But I've got this, and everything, everything's going to be fine." She's deluding herself about whether what she's doing is you know reasonable or not. But I do think in the end when she realizes what she's actually done to these people and she sees, she's like, wait, I don't want to be the person that's causing these people pain, keeping them from their children.
1: I'm not saying give her a gold star. I'm not saying she needs to be commended for doing something really horrible and then trying to undo it. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying she did the right thing in spite of the things that she really wanted. And I think that is... Yeah, I liked that better than let's go on a murder spree because it's because it's it's just weird.
3: To, it's to me, I think like in Wandavision, she didn't have villainous intent, and she does here. Yes, and that and that's and I, I, think, I don't know if we're ever going to agree on that. Yeah, <laughs> I think villainous
0: intent is a matter of perspective, and I think, uh, I think her villainous intent in Wandavision is like if you made WandaVision the exact same show, but did it from a different perspective, Wanda would absolutely have villainous intent. But because we were paying attention to Wanda and her personal journey that she was going on with her children and her husband, it, it it plays a little bit more of like a historic, sure. not historic, heroic story. But if you move that perspective, say to one of the citizens, to somebody from the outside, somebody just watching what nine is happening. Nine episodes of
1: that girl trying to hang her <laughs> clothes, and her arm is just going back and forth for yes. forty minutes. An episode nine times exactly. She's just wearing a different
3: dress each time. She's mm. crying the whole time.
0: Uh, if you move it from a different perspective, move it to a different perspective. I do think she has villainous intent in, in WandaVision. It's a lot more subdued. She is a lot more... Uh, she she hasn't kind of reached the end of where she is yet. I also think that it's not like that far off. Like, yes, at the end of WandaVision, she has a little bit of resolution with the fact that she needs to let these people go. But then she goes, isolates herself with the dark hold, which I think is like even besides the point. We get a little bit at the beginning of this movie of her like waking up and she keeps having these dreams about her children. And you can... Like, I don't need all of that to be spelled out for me. And, like, I maybe, like, we just are expecting different things from this. But for me, it says just enough to be like, oh, she isolated herself. She's alone. She dreams about these children every night. Yeah, yeah. That and she's dealing with just, like, buckets of grief. Like, that would make any sane person go crazy. Yeah, I totally get,
1: like, not the exact circumstance. I get the idea... Of the falling back into, hey, let's let's remind myself of the reasons, whether it's intentional or not. Let's remind myself of the reasons I fell into grief in the first place. Remember, so when I, they used to make like, movies that, that weren't about grief. Yeah, no. <laughs>
3: every every movie is, has like this really sad. undertone. <laughs> I do. Under- it's either know. I'm <laughs> sad that people died, or I'm sad about my parents. Generation,
2: yeah.
1: you know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the two, the things that stood out that you two said that I agree with are, I do think it is strange. Uh, <laughs> again. That they took the probably like one of the most popular characters in the MCU right now and decided to like villa like give her this villain role, um, but I th- I don't think that she actually died and we'll talk about that later too. I don't think she actually died. She's gonna yeah. come back. And- I think
0: we could talk about it now because I think now is our big Wanda. Yeah, <laughs> we could talk about it now if you
1: want. Yeah. Well. Okay. Well, I'll come back to it then. And what Angela said about maybe this whole because I like that trope in stories where like a two characters are working together and then one of them is like actually our goals don't align right now and now we're enemies like i think that could have worked out really well as a story um whether or not it needs to be nightmare i don't know i think nightmare playing into the whole dreams multiverse thing would work would have worked well and i don't even know how much would it have needed to be an entire movie an entire show could it have been 20 more minutes tacked on to the beginning-ish of the movie where Nightmare is actually like a minor threat, even though he's probably not a minor threat, but in the case of them starting off working together, maybe he's a minor threat, they team up, and then she's like, hmm, actually, you know, like, did we need a whole because that would solve your issue of there's no build-up to what we got, and, you know, yeah. I, I think that that would have been really cool, um, I don't know. I, overall, I feel better watching this movie a second time with all this information in the back of my head so that I
3: don't have to leave the room going, no thoughts, head empty. Yeah, because when we saw the movie in theaters, I spent most of the time watching the movie going, are they really doing this? And it almost made it so I couldn't enjoy the things that I liked about it as much. Yeah. Whereas watching it the second time, it's like, okay, well, I know and like just try to roll with it. I was able to enjoy the things that I liked more.
1: And and I time, also think so. before I forget to say this, I also think that this idea of having, you know, 20 extra minutes with this like team up th- where she goes rogue is more uh not more. It's just better than maybe an Avengers Disassembled where she's the villain. Not that I wouldn't enjoy seeing that mm-hmm. film or story or whatever it is. But we saw what she did to the Illuminati. I don't really think the Avengers would have done much better against That's her. That's point. I mean, she she <laughs> absolutely obliterated yeah. them without really sweating. Like, uh, and maybe it's because most of them went in one at a time, Um
0: maybe uh, well, they definitely underestimated.
1: Yeah, maybe the smartest man in the universe revealing what Black Bolt could do wasn't the smartest thing <laughs> in, in the fairness, universe.
3: He's the smartest man in a universe where they decided the best way to eat pizza was balls of hot <laughs> cheese that you <laughs> yes. grab with your hands.
1: That is true. So it's not a high bar. So I don't I don't know if the Avengers would be able to take Wanda down when you compare with the Illuminati just absolutely got the floor like it was like watching I said this to Eduardo afterwards and spoilers for Invincible episode one at this point if you haven't watched it you're probably not going to it's like the Omni-Man scene to me like I saw that and I was like oh it's like Omni-Man showing up and just absolutely slaughtering everybody mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know so I don't know if anyone else really would have stood a chance
3: maybe she'd have to fight the Eternals Scarlet Witch versus Kingo (laughs) here we go Uh, I gotta say I I would love to see a movie like you said where there are 20-25 minutes of build up to this maybe maybe that's all I needed I don't know that might have it might, it might have been more palatable to yeah, me that way.
1: Weird thing to say, but this movie is only including the credits two hours and eight minutes. Yeah, do you and remember? Do you
3: remember when Marvel movies used to be longer than two hours? Yeah, they have twenty minutes to throw around. Uh-huh. You know, make it two and a half hours. I'll put a pin in this for our Love and Thunder discussion. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't.
1: I don't know what the. uh We're gonna sit there and watch it. I mean, <laughs> why not? You know, and I don't know. Maybe they. I haven't. I haven't watched any deleted scenes or seen any story. The only storyboard I saw that definitely obviously got scrapped was Wanda showing up at some point to taunt Strange where she like comes through a portal uh, to be like, don't fuck with me
3: and has Baron Mordo's head. Yes, because it was the movie. was. Did originally, you not see that? It was originally going to start with Mordo finding her at the orchard and trying to kill her because he, I'm going to kill all the magic people. And she was just going to Kill him. Well, and I th- I think the way team. they did it was a little better. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It would have been weird for
1: her to sh- I mean it would have been even more skewed. I would, have been, in, I would yeah. have been even madder.
3: You would have you would have raged. I would have been mad for two reasons, because I really want them to pay off the Mordo tease, and if that was the payoff, that would have been incredibly disappointing.
1: Yeah. Anyway, I don't know that I have anything else to say um in this this alignment chart
3: discussion. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Chris, do you have any rebuttals over? Anything
3: uh, that anyone has said, I rebutted while we were talking. I, I, like I said, I, you know where I stand, and I haven't changed my mind.
2: <laughs> <laughs> One last observation about um, Wanda's aesthetic that I just thought was neat um, after watching the behind the scenes. Assembled, the costume designer pointed out how her outfit in this is it's similar to her WandaVision Scarlet Witch outfit at the end, but it's a little different in that it's got a lot of like black kind of interwoven with the red and it kind of looks like the black is sort of like streaming throughout, like dripping and kind of invading the red it's gonna throughout and like same with her crown. It's got like black kind of little strands on it and stuff. And it just sort of the whole thing looks like she's been, it's Scarlet Witch, but corrupted. Yeah, it's, like, it's
3: almost like an evil mold growing. Yeah, mm-hmm.
2: so I thought that was a nice touch. I think um, with her
0: like, hands, yeah, her
2: like hands she, the looking like fingertips. Agatha's. Yeah. yeah. Um, I thought that was neat.
1: Oh, here's a random. I don't know where else I'd say this either. I also feel like maybe because there's only two hours and eight minutes of movie. I feel like maybe I don't know how they didn't get Paul Bettany, but I feel like he should have been a, in the movie a little, maybe at least in a couple of the "Here's Our Family in Another Universe" and visions. That, I don't know. I just maybe that's a nitpick, but
2: well, I did say that. I yeah, I was talking to Chris about this um, the other day. That it's interesting that in this movie she has her you know bone to pick with Doctor Strange of because of you giving Thanos the time stone, you know, I had to kill Vision and then watch him get killed all over again. Mm -hmm. That's her bone to pick. But then, her whole motivation, like everything that she wants in this movie is her kids. Yeah. There's no mention of Vision. There's no mention of getting him back. I'm sure there's another universe out there where she's got Vision and her kids. Right. Why wouldn't she seek that out?
0: Yeah. I think, and maybe I'm, I think the end of Wandavision does a lot to give her, like her closure for what happened with her and vision specifically, mm. and like sort of like a goodbye division. Like I think she has already had <clears throat> another vision that is not her vision, and sort of by the end of that, she sees that no vision will replace the one that she had because of all the experiences and they've had the things that they've gone through together. Whereas her children were just in Westview, and so her children that she has, you know, I kind of couldn't. Put up anywhere it could be a children. I would also add, you know, you know, when you have a kid, your kid really, like, they, a uh, sense, my wife is listening to this, she probably, I don't know if she feels the same way, but she probably does. Your kid kind of like, kind of they kind of like take priority. They are the most important thing in your life. Like, it's it's mm-hmm. that, that baby. I mean, yeah,
1: to be, like, you're both adults who should be able to take care of yourself on your own, and you have to keep this thing, you have to keep this other human alive that cannot keep itself alive. Right, yeah. Like, I, that totally makes sense. I just think, like, she could. you could have easily changed a line of dialogue here and there to be like, I want my family, not I want my kids. You know, I want all of it. Maybe. Not some of it. My, I want all of it. If
0: I was gonna guess, I would guess it was because of some sort of contract. Yeah, like, shoe, like I thought the same. Like, like maybe
1: they just don't, they don't couldn't get him.
0: Yeah, I think because from what I understand, Paul Bettany was not signed on for anything else past one uh, division. He is not signed on to do anything. Bro, else.
1: if you because I was just reminded of this, if you just leave Vision at White Vision flying off into space and we never see him again, mm-hmm. I'm gonna be pissed. Yeah.
2: Well, they left. Yeah, they definitely left the door open of you know when she and Vision have that last conversation in their living room. Right, and it stands to reason, we'll say hello again. It stands to reason, again. we'll say hello again, so, yeah. <laughs> Sorry,
3: that is the line that gets me.
2: So to me, that tells not me grief that is
3: just love, persevering. I mean, that's good too, that's really good, but the- That it,
2: uh... it tells me that Wanda is still holding on to that hope of, yeah. I will see him again at some point, in some way, you know, that that's not a lost-
1: I hope so too. Waiting for
3: them to announce that Vision Quest series Ooh. for Disney+, Plus. that's what I want. Well, then there won't be Wanda- Right? Okay. If I remember your so description we'll of
0: that. At the end of this movie, it is to be believed that Wanda has perished. No. no. Not believed. No I don't one believe actually buying. believes. Yeah. No one actually believes it. I that, know right? people
3: who believe it. And they believe it. And <laughs> I'm sorry, this is the worst reasoning ever. We saw a red flash. And there was a red flash when she killed Black Bolt and Reed Richards. There's a red flash whenever she does anything magic. Yeah.
2: If anything, that might have been her like that's her teleporting know, away. away there yeah out I think there. so yeah. too
3: that was her spell to destroy the uh, dark holds in the other universes maybe I don't know I uh, mean that it, might explain that
2: like that's a pretty common thing now in movies and TV of like if you didn't see a body they're probably still they're alive probably still out alive. there somewhere yeah. and also they made a point in this movie of when this that universe's captain marvel gets crushed by the statue we see her arm kind of flop down yeah so we know, like, oh, she's dead. Mm-hmm. Like that was their way of saying, like, she's dead for real. Yeah,
3: yeah. There's no ambiguity with any of the Illuminati getting killed. Wanda,
2: <laughs> Wanda gets crushed by this huge tower, and but there's they don't show anything. So it's I, also
0: literally the strongest Avenger. You think a tower is going to... And I don't think even... (laughs) She survived worse. Maybe
1: this is unfair to think about outside the scope of the plot of the movie, but I also don't think Elizabeth Olsen Olsen is done with the MCU. No. And back to your point of her popularity, I think it would be stupid of Marvel mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. not and, keep her in.
0: And that's why I think, especially regarding this movie, how this movie had so much fan service in it and a lot of this and No Way Home it was like dripping with what the fans want. It was all about, they talk about this in the, the, the assembled thing before um, documentary thing, talk about how this movie was really important to give the fans what they want. That's how you got Patrick Stewart in there. That's how you got John Krasinski in there. There mm-hmm. was a lot of giving the fans what they want. And I think... And don't, this is not you winning. (laughs) Okay. But I think if they had redone this and had had enough time between WandaVision and them finishing this movie, they would have changed the direction of where they put Wanda at the end of this movie. Yeah. Like, I think if they had seen how popular Wanda had become as a hero before they decided to do all of this, they would have ended up going in another direction because it would have not made sense for them to like, because like- Honestly, at this point, Wanda's like a money printing machine. And if, you know, like, Mm -hmm. one, they'd be dumb not to bring her back to, I don't say this in a mean way, I think having, giving Agatha an entire TV show to herself, like, it doesn't like, she is an interesting character. I really like the actor that plays her, Um, but I don't know if she can carry an entire show by herself. I would be really surprised if Wanda doesn't at the very least show up in an end credit scene, if not. Sure. In that TV show, yeah. I think
2: it's honestly. I think WandaVision teased them getting together, again right?
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree.
2: Because I think I know Wanda's, where to find you. <laughs> yeah, and I think Wanda's gonna want to actually take seriously trying to rein in her Scarlet Witch powers right. and everything.
0: Well, and I could also see that being where we see White Vision again. Mm
1: -hmm. And
3: also, that makes sense because it feels like a direct WandaVision sequel, if anything, just, oh, no, we only know the title, but still
1: also also on the uh, the, you know, ambiguity air quotes of Wanda's death again, because I've said this like 25 times. (laughs) I don't want any more. I did a bad thing. I have to kill myself. Yeah.
3: Yeah. So I'm I'm tired of the only way anyone can redeem doing something bad is dying. Yeah. Star Wars does it all the time.
1: Yeah. Oh I, and also 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 <laughs> not about the death something I forgot to add about Ragnarok is that uh we, we talked about <laughs> we talked about Ragnarok how it was kind of like a Thor movie but it was actually kind of a Hulk movie and that is another thing that reminds me of the parallels between this oh, yes. is that this is a Doctor Strange movie but is it though it's, it's a, kind Wanda, of a Wanda movie. it's a Wanda movie, movie. you yeah. know I,
0: I feel differently about that i think oh. i think thor is I I think Ragnarok is a Thor movie. I think this is a Wanda movie. I think Ragnarok is more a Thor movie than his Hulk movie. I think Hulk plays a really big part. I think he is like well, the comparison we
1: the comparison we made in that one was it was like the story of World War Hulk, but it was Thor because Planet Hulk. I'm sorry because we didn't do we not have the rights to do a standalone Hulk movie.
3: Well, Universal has right of first refusal for distribution of solo Hulk movies. Uh, so if Marvel were ever to say we're making a Hulk movie, they would have to offer it to Universal to yeah, distribute. Yeah, right, right, right. It. Nothing to do with production, only distribution. Okay, Hulk can appear in uh, any other movie. Okay, without them having to do anything with Universal. So it's vaguely parallel. That's in also, my head, possibly why She Hulk is a TV series and not a movie. That
1: mm. makes sense. Anyway, I don't
3: have another also
0: to add. <laughs> Until later. <laughs> Until later. If anybody thinks of anything, feel free. Yeah. yeah.
3: <laughs> All right. Anyway, we're 25 minutes into the movie. Let's keep going. <laughs> and
0: we are, what, uh, we are an hour and 15 into the podcast. Yes. Oh, my <laughs> God. We knew this was going to be a long one,
3: kids. Ooh. We
0: did. All right. With Chavez over at Comertage, the masters of the mystic arts, fortify the area in preparation for Maximoff's assault with a magic shield and various other defenses. However, Maximov's telepathy... Telepathy... <laughs> telepathy. Watermelon? <laughs> Telephone tel- <laughs> Telegram telepathy. One sorcerer and disables his magic. Let me tell you the like I was gonna talk about this later, but I'm just gonna talk about it now. Uh-huh. Because there are certain shots in this movie that are so cool. And yeah. it's just Raimi kind of doing really fun things. The like Wanda showing up behind someone oh, I love and that. like whispering in their ear kind of thing. Run.
3: It's so cool. I know I just spent like 45 minutes complaining about evil Wanda. Let me just say they did evil Wanda so well. This is exactly what I want out of a bad Scarlet Witch. This is perfectly done. Uh, She's... I think Scarlet Witch should be scary, even when she's a good guy. Even if she's on the Avengers, she should be a little bit scary. Yeah. Uh, and and I thought they did it so well when she crawls out of the gong and yeah. like rearranging her bones like Vecna got her or whatever. Oh man, good stuff. Good well, stuff. And, and if
0: you I think she could, could do that
3: if a giant tower <laughs> fell on her?
0: I make a deal. Rearrange deal her bones, God. put them all back into place, Probably. and just walk away.
1: Yeah. I make a deal with Gong. <laughs> you
3: yeah,
0: gonna make a deal with Wong?
1: Well, that he, she crawled out of the Gong, not the Wong. Mm.
0: The Wong Gong. <laughs> the Wong Gong. <laughs> she was
3: trying to
1: get no, those the right their gong. places. <laughs> anyway,
3: <laughs> yeah. All this to say, just they. As much as I didn't like the direction of the story and how it was handled, the execution. Literally. Uh, yeah, the, yeah. The execution <laughs> of Scary Scarlet Witch in this movie, a plus.
0: Uh, this leading the shield to collapse allowing her to shred through the resistance of commertage strange entraps her within the mirror dimension which proves to be ineffective as she escapes using reflections cornered chavez accidentally opens a portal allowing herself and strange to flee across the multiverse i do like there is a line in there and it kind of like reinforces my point but like when she kind of comes out and she's like she kind of blames them for all the people that are dead she's like you did this you're the reason you not giving me America is why all these people are dead. And they're like, what are you talking about? No, you you killed all those people. And she's like, no, this was you. You did this. Look what you made me do. Look what you made me do. Look what
3: you just made me do. I'm sorry. The old Wanda can't come to the phone right now. Oh, my. Because she's dead.
0: Jesus. They land in Earth 383 in a futuristic New York City. I thought it was 838. Yeah, whatever. Uh, what's the point? It yeah,
1: did anybody matter. count the 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 multiverses, the mul- the universes?
3: Oh, my note here, by the way, was everything everywhere all at once. Did the rapid multiverse montage better? I agree. Uh-huh. Well, I wow. they did <laughs> that
0: significantly more.
3: Yeah, uh, I know. I already recommended that movie, so I'm not going to recommend it again today in the recommendations portion. I'm just going to recommend in general: <laughs> watch that movie, everything everywhere all at once. It's available. You know, on DVD and Blu-ray and rental and everything now. If you missed it in theaters, I highly recommend it. How do you feel?
1: How do you guys feel about people saying there should have been more universes in this movie labeled the multiverse?
2: I agree.
3: I th- I, th- I think I agree. Um, I I appreciate that it was a focused story. Yeah. But I wouldn't have minded a little bit more multiverse like to go along with the madness
1: if during the madness america was more like uh portal hoppy like she got scared a little more often before she could control her powers and she was like you know
3: shitting out portals left and right (laughs) i don't want to take your point so i'll just kind of tee it up for you i guess is that the only really crazy multiversal stuff we get is in that little montage like oh here's a world where they're animated here's a world where it's black and white and like the film is even grainy i love stuff like that Er Here's the paint world. Here's where there are dinosaurs. Yeah, that's that's all you know. And then we just get a. Then we go to two other universes. The rest of the movie, which I,
1: technically, the best kind of. Yeah. Lee, <laughs> uh They did go to more than one. Right. So multiverse.
0: Angela, uh, when I watch this movie again, my like I was telling Peach, my score went down a little bit, and it's because. After you have um, gotten rid of a lot of the shock, this movie, <laughs> plot-wise, it's a little messy.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I just... I like it less, I think, upon second viewing. it's It's hard because I... Like, with what Chris said, I watching it a second time in terms of the Wanda part of it, I think I like that part more because I'm coming to like a level of acceptance of like, this is, this is what we got. Yeah. So, you know, let's appreciate the parts of it that are good and, you know, whatever. Um, but just in terms of the script in general, and like you said, kind of the messiness of the plot, like, I just, I feel like a lot of parts of it are kind of lazy the way yeah. they're written. Um, you know, I know "Aluma Wadi" will get said a million times in this episode, <laughs> but that's part of it. Um, but specifically, this when they finally land, you know, in a universe that they're now staying in—the eight three eight or whatever—I hate how their their way of painting a picture of you know this is what a different universe looks like here. You go on red and you stop on green.
3: In the infinite multiverse—that's the most exciting thing they could come up with. And
2: our pizza is shaped like balls.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> and like I just—that's so. I'm sorry. People love foods that are do, shaped like
1: dicks. <laughs> <laughs> These are balls. I know. Look, it's just a parallel.
3: Uh, no, they're, they're perpendicular. Together. It's a perpendicular.
2: Like that just felt so lazy, and then you know, <laughs> you
3: guys,
0: you guys do not deserve a high five for that. What is wrong with you? We y fived. <laughs> it's a wireless high five.
2: And then obvi- the when they step up to the memory lane to show, you know, well here's Doctor Strange on a date with Christine, and she gives him the watch. And then here's America with her moms, and this is how we she finds out she has powers, and how her moms got you know whisked away by you know her multiversal powers and everything, and it just felt very like like just a lazy shortcut to tell America's story, and um, yeah, I just I just don't love it, and and it's weird coming from Michael Waldron, who as we've mentioned before wrote Loki which I felt was that was really well written I kind of I very much want to re-watch Loki just to see if if I would feel differently about the script upon like do
3: I like Loki less listening
2: closer to it and seeing if there are parts of it that I felt could have been better but I remember at the time at least feeling like it was very well written and very intriguing and all the things and this felt there were just parts of it that felt very cheap yeah and and that's my biggest example is the 838 stuff with the pizza and the the traffic lights and uh, memory lane and everything. And I also just feel like, you know, we were talking about how this movie is only about two hours long. I say only, I know for a lot of people that's plenty and they would, <laughs> if anything, prefer it to be shorter. But a lot of the MCU fans we've come to You know, get used to longer films and we will sit there and watch it like we we're at that point, like we will give us more content, please. You know, I would have liked if they took a little longer exploring the different universes. If we're not going to take that extra time to talk about Wanda and her fall, then take the time to show us some universes and like make it a fun more than a montage, but like actually not just flying through like one second. Of each multiverse, universe, but like give us a little more time. Like, I remember, I forget how long ago I talked to Chris about this, might have been after we saw the movie the first time. I actually think the Family Guy episode, Road to the Multiverse, I don't know if anyone's seen it, did a better job of, you know, painting a picture of what. Wait, did
1: they do a road to Rhode Island? Yeah. But through the multiverse?
2: Well, they do a lot of road to.
1: Yeah, yeah. But Road to Rhode Island was the first one.
2: I think so. Yeah,
1: because yeah. I... Okay, this is uh, embarrassing. I had like the first two seasons of Family Guy on, on DVD box set. <laughs> wow. And I used to watch them all the time.
2: It's not embarrassing. Well... It's kind of embarrassing. It's a little
1: embarrassing. Well, I'll forgive you. Okay. But yeah, Road to Rhode Island. Anyway. Well,
2: I just... They, they have a lot of fun in that episode with like, here's the Flintstones universe, and here's a universe where Christianity never existed so you know, science was able to get way farther <laughs> than it is now. <laughs> and, you know, just a lot of really fun, different. here's the Disney universe where we're all animated like Disney. And, uh-huh. uh,
0: and then at the end of that one, they're anti-Semitic. Is that, the, is that that episode? Yes, that is that episode. I remember that episode yeah. now. Uh-huh. Yeah.
2: So, like, they just have so much fun with it, and it really doesn't take too long per universe for them to, like, go through. But it's just a really fun time, and it's a fun moment with these two characters and how they play off each other you know stewie and brian and i think that would have been fun with dr strange and america to give them a little more bonding time in each of these universes
1: give him more reason to want to protect her from yeah. yeah i could
0: also make an argument and this is not to say i don't like america Chavez in this movie maybe we're a little tired of the young person needs old mentor to help them get through <laughs> this thing story. Like it feels like in every property right now, that's the story we're getting. We're getting the old mentor with the young inexperienced mentee. Yeah, And then they're being put in a journey together to like mm-hmm. get the mentee home or like, you know, like At yeah. star Wars comes to mind is another one. That's like doing this a lot right now. And like
2: video games too, with all the father figure, yeah. games and they're protecting their kid, yep. you know? Yeah.
1: You know like we part of the of America's plot is that she can't control these powers, right? Like what if that's how this bonding happens is maybe they're in a bunch of fights, maybe she gets injured in a fight and then her powers are just kind of flying off like oh I just oops, there's another portal. <laughs> well, we might as well go check it out, you know.
0: <laughs> in the assembled documentary, he talks about this section of the movie the writer and he's like you know I didn't really know what to do here so he was like uh, he was like I didn't really know what to do and I knew I wanted to do something big so I thought you know why not the Illuminati that was basically like he, that's how he like described his like thought trail he was like you know I had this section of the movie where I didn't know what to do there so I decided you know what let's just do this
2: I was shocked they put that in like <laughs> shocked Admitting it. Yeah. I oh need to watch God, this you it's like, it's- yeah like <laughs>
3: you,
2: you didn't know what to do with the script next yeah we can tell <laughs> like
3: (laughs) and then they're going to walk up to this window and it's going to get all the exposition out of the way for me show don't tell baby (laughs) by the way i am just because i like to be technical about these things and don't want to give or take credit from people um for loki michael waldron was the head writer but he only wrote two episodes he he wrote the first episode and he co-wrote the finale Oh, okay um that doesn't mean that, you know, his fingerprints aren't all over it because the head writer, you know, does no. guide. Fingerprints. <laughs> I Can I have your <laughs> Oh, I got it. <laughs>
2: anyway, I would just like to conclude my point about the script being lazy. No, no, I just want to wrap it up with they had extra time on this script. That's what really gets me yeah. is because of COVID and production getting pushed back. The script that he had to write real quick when he thought it was all going to start in May, then he scrapped it and had months and months and months to work on it, and this is what we got. Yeah,
3: I think he says he wrote the first draft in like two weeks. Yeah, which is very fast for a screenplay. Uh, it really hmm. is. I don't want to say that he's like not talented or is a bad writer or anything. Obviously, he's written a lot of things. He's been I, but. I have, I don't know, maybe you guys have this
1: perspective too, because COVID affected everything and everyone differently. But like, you know, we all went through that phase where like, okay, well, we're at home. Uh, I guess we'll play Animal Crossing for four hours a day. Like, I feel like in a lot of ways, COVID gave people more time to do certain things. And in my head, writing is in the bucket of, you have a lot more time to do this than you
3: probably had before, but I don't know if that's true. Well, and like maybe not for someone who's a professional writer. They yeah, had exactly as much time but as they he, did before. But he yeah. said
2: and assembled that they had more time. Yes, yeah, he that's literally
3: what... had because of the delay in production, he had several more months to write Steve, it than that's he would have. What I said. Just
0: yeah. constantly <laughs> shot himself in his own foot, like over yeah. and over again. Like, yeah,
3: he's also, by the way, I think he's the best man at the wedding. Uh, in the movie, he has a oh. cameo. I saw him. We because wa- we watched the movie last night. We watched Assemble the night before, and we happened to pause it when uh, Doctor Strange went down because I, we were talking. And I looked up. I was like, "Oh, it's Michael Waldron. Hmm. There he is."
2: I think I paused it because um, I think you were the couple- extra lady came out on the balcony. Yes, that's right. <laughs> I was like, there she is. <laughs> She's on the balcony. <laughs> She wasn't as amazed by what was happening with Shuma Garoth as she was by the church. <laughs> yeah.
1: Because <laughs> she's seen a Shuma Garoth before,
3: yeah. but she who, hasn't who seen a room? Room. hasn't. <laughs> she's like, I've played Marvel versus Capcom. That's nothing. <laughs> to your
0: point? This is like tangential, but they're releasing what? a uh, <sighs> a Marvel vs. Capcom 2 arcade one up cabinet oh you're getting it right i really want it it includes eight games including like um all of the x-men ones all of the regular marvel ones and oh, then wow. finishing with marvel versus capcom too Dude, that's it's really cool these
1: are not cheap
0: uh, this one is like 600 does it have like that's street cheap. fighter versus x-men it does <laughs> oh wow it does yeah so it does also like it's also like the full game. size it's like it's like a half size that comes with like a riser oh okay. so like it's it's like I don't know. It, it, when you have the riser on, it's full size.
3: Yeah, sure. It's a standing desk for your arcade cabinet. Right. Is, <laughs> is the X-Men arcade game the one where Magneto says, welcome to die or something yeah, like yeah, that? That's, yeah, That's
0: uh, Children of the Atom, right? Yeah, yeah. And that one is included in that one. Yeah, I'm really excited about it. I really want it. Uh, don't tell my wife. My wife. I <laughs> have literally no idea where I would fit it into mm-hmm. our home. There's no space for it. Nowhere. There's not a single spot in our home that I think I your could put Your secret in. bathroom.
3: Oh, here it is. Oh, my secret. That's will come to die. <laughs> that's, Magne- that's what Magneto says when, he, when the boss fight starts. <laughs> <laughs> so
0: America and Strange walk towards the New York Sanctum in search of Strange's counterpart in this universe, but as that counterpart had died defeating Thanos previously, they are instead greeted by this universe's Sorcerer Supreme, Baron Mordo. Mordo invites them to sit down for tea and the two warn him of the Scarlet Witch. They soon pass out as Mordo had poisoned the tea and awaken in a facility elsewhere where they meet that universe's Christine Palmer, who works there as a scientist to help with managing the multiverse.
3: Strange is brought forth... multiverse of management. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. I don't know. That's all.
0: That's (laughs) my contribution. (laughs) Strange is brought forth before the Illuminati
3: for his Illuminati.
1: There it is. I thought you were going to hold back. No. You told that you lied. To
3: I us. lied. I'm sorry. That was a different Chris. In the, in uh, the, in the, uh. the there is a universe where I didn't do it. That's true.
2: You dream about him. Yeah. Yeah. I, I <laughs> had a dream that I
3: didn't say it, and I was like, "Well, I guess it was another universe that didn't do it." I
2: dream about that too.
3: <laughs> sorry, Chris Prime is going to do it. Uh, <laughs> Wait, we want to be Chris Prime. How about this is Universe
1: 1 and you're from Universe (laughs) Universe A. A. We're the flying mongooses. Okay, sorry.
0: Chris Prime over here is about to turn into a Jeep and drive away.
3: (laughs) Freedom Fighters, you saved the Allspark. (laughs) Your bravery.
0: The Illuminati, consisting of Mordo, Captain Peggy Carter, Blackagar Boltagon, Captain Maria Rambo, Reed Richards, and Charles Xavier. Uh, All right, so there are a few really big ones in here. First first off, besides Mordo, it's cool that Mordo's there, but he's not like, it's like, wow, Mordo's there. It's like, like, "Mm -hmm." of course, the
3: Sorcerer Supreme's going to be there. Right, right.
0: But then you start with Captain Becky Carter. Cool. She looks like her costume's really cool. I think she looks like
3: how you would expect her to look. I don't think she acts like you expect her to act, but she definitely looks the part. Yeah, she's a different Peggy Carter than the one that was in What If with a yeah. By jetpack. The like. Yeah, with a jetpack. Yep, she uh, can fly real high with her jetpack on. <laughs> Blackagar Boltagon, which is the same actor
0: from the Inhumans TV show that played him, Anson Mount. Yes, very cool that they brought him back for yeah, that. Cut. Captain Maria Rambeau, and it is the same uh,
3: actor that played Maria in. Um, Captain, Captain Marvel. Marvel Captain Marvel That's right And it's cool seeing her As Captain Marvel Because she was Captain Marvel In the comics Before Carol was So it's very neat That they did that
0: uh, And then the two Really big ones The one that we knew about Or oh, actually
3: no Her daughter was But whatever
0: The one that we knew about Charles Xavier And he's in his little Like thing And he grinds on the rail <laughs> Behind the <screen>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, They play the little yeah, You want to do a,
1: a thingy On that thingy
0: it's called wanna, a grind, bro. You want to do a grind thingy <laughs> on that thingy. Um very cool when he does the puts his hand up to his head and then they've got the like waves the Yeah,
3: the comic book effects. Yeah. Uh, and and the uh, the wheelchair is and we Half said it, but that is the wheelchair that he used on the X Men animated series. So right. just really cool that that's the design they went with. Which
0: I'm—I don't know if you guys know this, but they have rearranged the X Men animated series on Disney Plus to be in timeline order, so you can watch them. It's kind of like a Clone Wars, yeah. In that the episodes are not exactly placed in sequential order; they're just kind of almost randomly put out there. Why and-
3: can't we understand flashbacks as a society? Well, no, this is more along the line. They're not flashbacks. It's everything just got released out of order. Right. What do you mean? Like like there was an episode that was released that refers to episodes that were already done but hadn't been released yet. It's like oh. this episode is supposed to take okay. place after the next episode. Fair. But we put it out in the wrong order. Okay, right. that's fair. Right.
0: Similar to Clone Wars. Clone Wars is very like, you have to watch Clone Wars with like a watching order to actually watch it in like the order you should be watching.
3: Yeah, and and that's more that they just kind of jump around in time. And it's not like this is a flashback episode. It's just done more as a serial, but like they just jump around. So it's like, it actually does make more sense. That's like one of the only times I will say watch in timeline order versus release order because release order almost doesn't make sense. Gotcha. Between a mixture of them deciding, eh, we're, you know what? We're gonna do a backstory episode of the of these characters, but not tell you that it's a backstory episode. So you have to like watch and you figure out, oh, this this is set before that. Like they don't tell you that, right? And then there are other ones that just happen to be released out of order. Yep. Weird.
0: And then finally, we get what I thought was the biggest surprise of the movie, which was Reed Richards. Smartest Man Alive of the Fantastic Four, played by Jim Halpert himself, John Krasinski. Very cool. Uh, really fun that, you know, people have been fan casting John Krasinski as Reed Richards for what feels like forever. Like he has been, if people talk about Reed Richards, it's about him. I've also seen a big uptick in um guy from Haunting of Hill House and Bly Manor and um, the cop in uh, Midnight Mass. Um, Raul. Oh, Raul, yeah, I've seen lots oh of. Oh my god, I've, oh, seen, yeah. I've seen him on the up of people they want to play Bro. Reed Richards. But I think the main one is is John Krasinski. Love that guy. Same,
1: he could be a great Mister Fantastic. I agree. I, I'd, I'd be down
3: with that. Yeah.
0: Um, but I think lots of people have seen have like wanted John Krasinski to play Reed Richards for a really long time. I think he just sort of looks the part. You can see a world where him and Emily Blunt uh, would uh, make a really good uh, Reed Richards and Sue Storm. So I think it was really cool. Do you guys think that because he was in this movie, John Krasinski will be the Reed Richards of the future?
2: Not necessarily.
1: Yeah, I want the answer to be yes, but...
3: Yeah, I, I would like him to be Reed Richards just because I like him. I could also see them deciding we want to go with a younger Fantastic Four in general. But also I like the idea of... Because he's been like vocal about... Tell them to call me. Uh, I, it would be really cool if they could get him in to star and direct because he's been successful as a as a film director as well.
2: I will say, like, even though I think they could easily recast but just because of the nature of the multiverse, mm-hmm. that, you know, in the MCU's universe, their Reed Richards might look different. Yeah, 616. <laughs> um, their Reed Richards might look different. <laughs> And I guess well,
3: I would at least like a version of him to come back in Secret Wars. We've
2: got the different looking Spider-Man um, in No Way Home, so I guess it would it would fall in line with that. But you also have everyone on this con- else on
1: this Illuminati Council, you have a different Captain Marvel. You have a different Captain yeah, America. Yeah, but, the but they are the same,
3: same
0: person, people. The
3: same Maria, the same Mordo, the sure. same Peggy. Yeah, sure, sure, sure.
0: There's not going to be a. Ser- this, it's it's still going to be Reed Richards Right Yeah Well and like the Council of Reeds Is like a thing right Like there's yeah. There's
3: like a Council of Reed Richards Where they're all the same guy But they're all like Yeah it's different versions of Reed From across the multiverse Right Much and like then, the Council of Kings Right And then there's and the And Britons And there's also a Council of Mephisto. What's
0: the evil Reed called He's the um Oh the maker. The, the maker the maker There you go No yeah. not
3: the maker Yeah the maker The maker Yeah
2: I think also like it's not like John Krasinski is decrepit, you know. Oh yeah, I think yeah. he could, he could easily, you know, they could do a Fantastic Four that is of that like people in their mid thirties, late thirties mm-hmm. kind of age, and it would be fine. Especially because they're clearly assembling like young Avengers right now. Yeah. So We've already got like the younger set kind of being mm-hmm. built. Agree. That Having I don't them think, be established, I think. I don't be think fine. we also need a young Fantastic Four. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And even if we did need it, we've talked on so many other episodes on our rewatches of how well that de aging technology has been in CGI. Like, I, th- I immediately think about um what's his name from Ant Man 2 uh, Michael Douglas. Michael Douglas, yeah. Like, how well that was used and mm-hmm. like the de aging on like Nick Fury and yeah. Colson
3: over the years. I like, mean, the fact that they did an entire movie with a de aged Samuel L. Jackson still. Is like I don't think people give that enough credit for how amazing that yeah. is.
1: So if they needed to, mm-hmm. I'm not saying I want them to. If yeah. they needed to, they could make John Krasinski look a little
3: younger. Yeah, but... they can. They've mm-hmm. got plenty of uh, footage from the first few seasons of The Office well, yeah. He was yeah.
2: he was on Jimmy Fallon the other day, and he was completely like clean shaven, which I haven't seen in a while. Like normally yeah. he's got the full beard and all that stuff, and the beard makes him look older, I think. So then seeing him on the Tonight Show clean shaven i was like jim so <laughs> I was he looked just like he did in the office i didn't think he looked any older really
0: i was gonna bring this up because they a- he asks him about being in the fan in being reed richards on multiverse of madness and john krasinski's like weirdly cagey about it he like basically chooses not to answer the question they're like are you mm-hmm. gonna be in like future movies and stuff and he basically says nothing he like Pretends he, he literally like <laughs> pretends he gets hit by a blow dart and falls asleep. Yeah, like oh, he yeah. he very he does like a big thing to just skirt past it and move on to the next question. I think mm-hmm. he, he is surprised though when he hears people want Emily Blunt to be um. I almost did it again. People want Emily Blunt to be uh, Sue Storm, but I like, w- because she's also been more
1: vocal about saying I don't have an interest in superhero right, stuff. Right. She like I don't right want to be a superhero. Which could stuff, be a not.
3: farce. I remember she was, I originally far, so. in ta- she was originally in talks to play Black Widow mm-hmm. and had to do Gulliver's Travels instead or whatever. <laughs> so, Don't so, you hate when you have to do Gulliver's Travels yeah, instead? Oh, it's the worst. By the way, sorry, when you brought up the beard, I just we just watched The Office the episode beard. a couple days ago where Dwight goes, I bet you could grow the best beard in the office if you tried. <laughs> <laughs> he does grow a pretty good beard. Yeah, I was like, he wasn't wrong. Well, and then the other thing is, in the, during the assembled thing, they
0: glance over him. They, yeah, talk they about, don't talk about him. At they all. don't talk about him at all. Uh, they don't even talk about Black Bolt. They don't, and I think they don't talk about Black Bolt because most people don't like. They're not like, oh, look, guys,
3: it's Black Bolt.
0: It's I, people I don't really know who. I he feel is. Like it didn't
3: they, go over well. That's right? one of those. Yeah, people did not like the show inhumans, and I think it's one of those things where they are just trying very hard not to address yeah. any of the questions anyone has about inhumans about Daredevil. I I feel like everyone just keeps avoiding that because they don't really want to spell out one way or the other. I was
2: surprised they even mentioned Inhumans in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. When he gets The Terrigen Mists. Yeah.
3: Yes, and King of the Inhumans, Keeper of the Terrigen Mists, Blackagar, Boltagon. And yeah, we got the full name and that made me happy. And a much more comics accurate costume than he had on the TV show as well. I also like, you're Marvel.
0: You're making these movies. You're like, we did it. (laughs) (laughs) We're Marvel. Clearly... (laughs) Fantastic Four has been pushed back because it's going to be at the beginning of Phase Six. Yes. Right? Mm -hmm. So you've got lots of time between now and Fantastic Four coming out. So you're Marvel. You're like, all right, we want to give the people what they want. What's the easiest slam dunk we could make? Oh, people seemed to really, really like John Krasinski as Reed Richards. Let's just use him. Mm-hmm. Like I think the the train of thought there is really easy for Marvel to just be like, oh, people really like this. Why don't we just cast him as Reed Ridge? And like, he wants to do it. And he wants to do it. Yeah. Like like why are we getting in the way of
3: this? And this way they can do it without having to commit to this is exactly how we're going forward with the character in the future if they do decide they have a different idea, but this way they did it and it it was great. It was fun. No, I meant for the movie for the future. Oh, I mean I, I, I would love that. Okay. Well, yeah. and that's
0: what I mean for you the, because like oh, the, okay. they I see have all this time, yeah, and they're yeah, like, yeah. "We need a, a, a Ray well Richards. Received. We put him in Multiverse of Madness, and people went nuts." Like, I don't know if, about you guys, but when I saw him up there, it was like very close to when I saw like Andrew Garfield and Tom Holland levels
3: of like, "Oh my god, they're doing this!" Yeah, yeah. It, I didn't even didn't hear them the same... say Fantastic Four because our th- our theater went crazy, right? Um Because. We I think we were all expecting it, I think, when Christine said I'm with the Baxter Foundation. We're all like, Oh my god, they're really doing it. Yep. <laughs> and then he comes in on Doctor Doom's time portal or whatever. Yeah. Whatever it's the time platform. Oh, that's what that was. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah, if um for pun's sake, if The Rock does not play Ben Grimm, I'm gonna be kind of upset.
0: So there have also been a bunch of castings that have like kind of leaked out about like who would play all the all the people. And then there's um the one guy from I think we talked about this already. We have, yeah. Oh, but that was a yeah, while ago. They the had, list uh, might be different now. They had the one guy from You, the guy from Gossip Girl. Uh, what's his Ken name? Badgley. That one. Mm. They mm-hmm. had... I don't remember who was going to play as, Storm as The Thing? No, he was going to no, be as, as Reed, Reed Richards. Oh, okay. Um, they had uh, Steve from Stranger Things as the Human Torch. And okay. They, I could kind of see that.
3: I am down with that, I think. And then they had Jason Segel as The Thing. I could also sort of see that. I I remember hearing Seth Rogen somewhere.
0: I want to see Jason Segel as a thing, but only reciting all of his lines from um, (laughs) From Forgetting Sarah. Sarah (laughs) Do you
1: need to see him with a rocky penis hanging out? Yes. like I want to see that exact
0: same movie, but him as the thing.
3: I think it'd be incredible. The saddest scene is when he tries to put his hand in the Dracula puppet and rips through because (laughs) it's gotten so much bigger.
0: (laughs) Die. Die. (laughs) (laughs) what a classic film
2: (laughs) I don't know if this is a hot take but I I'm a little I don't know if I want sometimes I worry that like fan casting maybe gets taken a little too far like the more real that it gets that they just keep picking the people that people are like wouldn't it be great if so and so played whatever which like it's we all do it like it's fair to you know, your favorite actors that, you know, you want them to play a character you really care about. But like, I just worry about, you know, untapped talent out there that sure. won't mm-hmm. be able to have their big break because people are just constantly fan casting. And then you've got the big studios going along with it. I'm not saying mm-hmm. that's really happened yet. Cause like with, you know, John Krasinski, for example, as far as we know for now, that was just fan service. Cause it was a very small part in this movie and something that is very recastable because of the nature of the multiverse. But do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't, yeah, yeah, not, yeah, yeah. not to give one of those like slippery slope arguments, but I just, <laughs> I wonder, I, I don't want it to get so far along that fan casting is just how casting is You know, the fans nowadays. shouldn't be running the show.
1: Yeah, you don't want no. them to just. You don't want them to disregard someone very talented just for the sake of, we're going to put this like star in the movie. Well, and yeah. I, yeah.
0: another reason I really hate fan castings is because they're like 99% of the time based solely on how a character looks like the comic character. Oh, right. And I don't think that's the best way to... Like, oh, this guy looks like him. He should be... He's tall and has brown hair. Right. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't don't think that's the best way to do castings. I think it is much like... I mean, remember... I mean, this is like a really dumb comparison, but remember when Heath Ledger came out and people were like, he's gonna play the Joker, and everybody was like... He's not a joke. Like, That's what do you gonna mean? Suck. It's going to be awful. Like you know. the Joker. He's going to be the worst Joker of all time, and then turns out he was literally the best Joker we've ever seen. Yeah, you know. Uh, so, yeah, I think I agree with Angela that I think it, the performance is so much more
3: important than the look of yeah. the character. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, it's funny that we're talking about this topic in a movie where Benedict Cumberbatch was like the number one fan casting choice for Doctor Strange before he was actually cast was he yeah that one that's an example of one that actually turned out well yeah yeah but I think that was based not just on his looks but like on his work in Sherlock and everything you can watch and go okay I can see that is working for Doctor Strange yeah you know you know he can play that kind of mercurial knows he's smarter than everybody else um kind of characters. So the Illuminati, they believe that Doctor Strange remains the greatest threat
0: in the universe, revealing that their counterpart of Strange had used the Darkhold to look for alternate ways to defeat Thanos. He found the Book of Ashanti, which the Illuminati used to kill him on Titan, but Strange confessed that he had caused an incursion, an event in which reality is destroyed, and thus volunteered to be executed to prevent further destruction. Look, the semantics of that is a little murky. Uh, That's all I'm saying. Like, so you're saying you caused an incursion, but the way to fix the incursion is to just kill yourself, even though you have that already caused that trope. the incursion. Like, it doesn't...
3: I can't be let alone to do this again. <laughs> I do like the execution scene. Like, having it happen by Black Bolt saying, I'm sorry. Yeah. Which, if for listeners, if you don't know and didn't pick it up from this movie, Black Bolt's power is whenever he talks, like, it's super loud and hurts and kills people a weird power that's why he doesn't talk much
0: and like I thought it was really cool to see the like scene on that planet uh, but with them having won against Thanos like the destruction of Thanos like impaled on his own like on
3: his helicopter sword yeah that yeah. Thingy. that's but, one
1: of the scenes that I keep seeing around the internet in like memes oh, are they even memes criticisms of people saying that the CGI budget in Marvel hasn't been very good lately and then they like one of those Photos is this scene with like... I think it's with uh, Mr. Fantastic holding what looks like the cloak and then uh, Captain Marvel's right next next door and there's like a weird... I didn't think that anything in this movie looked that bad. When you
3: consider that a lot of these people weren't even in the room. Right. Sometimes you can tell, but sometimes you can't.
1: Well, I'm thinking about like comparing that to like the purple gin skeletons. Oh. Like they're not even the same. Well, and like I would
0: also say... For me, when someone brings up bad CGI, my mind immediately goes to The Rock and The Mummy
3: Returns. And if it's (laughs) not that, it's good. There's so much CGI that people don't even notice. Yeah. 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 And yeah, I guess noticeable CGI can be considered bad, but there is so much, especially in this movie... Like, uh, if you watch The Assembled, they said that they did a lot more wire work in this for yes. like the f- flying people mm-hmm. in this movie than they have in almost any other Marvel production. So, a lot of times the CGI there is just we're erasing the wires.
2: I was actually really impressed after watching Assembled. Like, just seeing how much of the movie was actually real sets. Yeah.
3: A lot of this stuff you assume is CGI. Turns out it was... No, actually, we just hung some cars uh, from some cables. Yeah, and they the, actually went to Italy and got giant spaghetti. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and, like, the orchard. I fully assumed the orchard was CG'd. Same. Yeah. And it was a real orchard that they tied little branches with flowers onto the trees. Yeah. Like that's really cool. Yeah. But... I don't know. I feel like sometimes too, it's not even, it's not even that it's bad CG. It's that, and this has been in the news lately that the studios, the CG studios, like they've not had time. Oh yeah, they're on to finish this stuff. They're
1: on mega time crunch style workflows. It's a very
0: tech company. Yeah, it's like gaming.
1: Like oh, you've got uh, you've got two days to do a hundred and. The, um, 50 hours worth of work, so... Yeah, yeah they're working uh, don't like sleep. crazy
3: 90, 100-hour weeks. Yeah, don't take a break. I guess 100-hour week is possible.
2: But. my issue oh, yeah, with is. um, the Illuminati like standing next to each other in that scene, the Thanos scene um, where they kill Doctor Strange, it's the fact that you can tell in the rest of their scenes that they are not in the same room because they keep only showing one person per shot Yeah, like it just to me it very much feels like they don't have any kind of chemistry with each other because they're not in the same room right
0: definitely
1: Mm -hmm. none
2: of those actors work together maybe uh peggy and maria i think might have worked together yeah since
1: they fight at the same time since
2: they fight at the same time and everything um but like all the others they never they didn't see each other they didn't work with each other Elizabeth Olsen, I think, has said, like, I think they showed her, she did the lie detector test for Vanity Fair. It's on YouTube. And they showed her, like, a picture of John Krasinski, and she didn't so, know who was She was like, like I've never worked with that man. <laughs> 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 so, like, she wasn't even present for, like, you know, killing these these people. Yeah, you they know, had like... stand-ins
3: on set in the gray pajamas and they replaced, like, I don't think Anson Mount was actually on set or if he was, he wasn't in costume, but some of it is because of COVID, some of it is because of scheduling. Like, I think they had to shoot Patrick Stewart separately because he was busy filming Picard. Anson Mount might have also been filming his Star Trek TV show. I mean, they got two Star Trek guys in there, actually, which is interesting. Nerds. But Yeah.
2: I mean, a... so the shot with them standing near each other... <laughs> On Titan, you know, I mean, the whole thing you can tell is fake because of the Titan backdrop and, mm-hmm. you know, everything that's going on. But it just, in general, all of their scenes just feel kind of... It's cool that we got to see those characters, but I don't love that it's, to me, very obvious that they didn't actually work together. And that's not that's not anything against the teams who work on the CG. That's just... I wish these actors had been in person together.
0: Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I think the I, I I have less of a problem with bad CG than seems like most people. I also think it's disingenuous and like not really fair to like take one snapshot and be like this is reflective of the entire movie's CG. Mm-hmm. Like people were doing that mm-hmm. a lot I think with. This uh, movie is beautiful in a lot of same, ways. Same, same. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really hard to be like, like, same thing with like, people have been taking a lot of snapshots of She-Hulk. I mean, like this movie looks really bad, but then like, it's like supposed to be in movement. Like a lot of that stuff only looks yeah. good in movement. If you stop it, obviously you're going to have some
3: like bad parts to it. And there are two big things about She-Hulk. One is that when you watch the YouTube version, it's compressed. So you're missing out a lot of the finer details. And then specifically, people are comparing She-Hulk to He-Hulk. And uh, women's skin in movies tends to be smoother than men's skin. So, like, on the Mark Ruffalo Hulk, there's stubble. There are larger pores. There are all these little details that don't get compressed away by the YouTube compression. Whereas you miss a lot of the finer details on Tatiani Maslany's face, uh, the She-Hulk version of her. Because just of the differences in men's and women's skin. And chances are when you watch it on on Disney Plus at full resolution in motion, it's going to look just as good. So people freaking out.
2: I just feel bad for all the CG artists out there that have been working so hard on these shows and movies and working long hours and all this stuff just for people... You know, Joe Schmo off the street just oh, it doesn't look real. Yeah, it looks awful.
3: Or worse for the talent involved to, you know, talk about it. I mean, there was a bit of a controversy because Taika Waititi was making fun of some of the CGI in Thor. I remember even, you know, nobody liked cats, but the fact that um, what's his name, James Corden, and I forget who else it was, was it Rebel Wilson.
2: I think she yeah. was in
3: it. Yeah. 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 They, uh, they presented at um, the Oscars that year. Yeah, it was her. Yeah, and they came out dressed as cats, and they were presenting the special effects awards, and they were making fun of the special effects and cats. And the special effects community was not happy.
4: Mm. Yeah. yeah. I do
1: feel a little guilt about like, getting real loud, not just because I woke up your son, uh, <laughs> screaming into the microphone, but I do feel a little bad going off about the skeletons thing. Uh, yeah, some of the stuff I'm, we've
3: learned since then. Yeah,
1: like, I, I'm not saying that people don't work hard. You know, that's not... They don't have the time that they need. Yeah. And they don't have the working conditions yeah. they need. Yeah. Hate that time crunch life.
0: Yeah. Meanwhile, Maximov <laughs> deploys the Darkhold to dreamwalk into her Earth... 838 counterpart in westview to
3: interact with her children by the way i just want to shout out that on earth 838 oswald the lucky rabbit got his due because that is the cartoon that the boys are watching and later little, snow white yeah that just made me happy that i guess an 838 is the universe where walt disney never lost oswald
0: however sarah wolf manages to destroy the dark hold and she burns her alive in retaliation
3: Everyone's favorite character.
0: Sarah Wolf. <laughs> we all remember Sarah. She also threatens to kill other sorcerers if Wong does not reveal another method to dreamwalk, leading him to reveal that the book was a copy. He takes her to a castle on Mount Wundagore, where the Darkhold was first transcribed. Maximoff uses the castle's power to dreamwalk back into her Earth-838 self and raid the Illuminati headquarters in search
3: of Chavez. I want to... Shout back to our WandaVision episodes. We talked about Mount WandaGore and WandaVision because in the comics that was where Wanda and Pietro were raised because the High Evolutionary lived on Mount WandaGore. The Mm. High Evolutionary, who was just announced, will be the villain in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Nice. That's the
0: the one guy. uh, Yeah,
3: the guy who's acting the name. I'm blanking on him, but he was in Peacemaker. yeah, Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah.
1: Do you know what probably didn't help Wanda's rage? Is that when she went to the Illuminati HQ to murder everybody, Ultron bots are what she first encountered. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's not going to be a good memory for I did not think about that until this second viewing where I was like, oh, a confrontation with more Ultrons.
0: Yeah. I'm sure
1: that's helping.
3: Yeah.
0: Before they could vote to execute Strange, Carter, Black Bolt, Rambo, and Richards leave to respond, and Maximoff easily kills them in just the most gruesome ways possible. (laughs) Just...
3: gonna say it was fun it was funny i think it was a really they, fun they brought in all these characters that everyone has been dying to see and she just boom 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 dispatches them what mouth yeah <laughs> so boom,
0: boom, boom, my jaw was on the floor yeah. as yeah. all this was happening. she's like oh my god
3: it, i compared it to the simpsons treehouse of horror where they're like well this is just a one-off we can kill these characters however we want and just go crazy with it that's exactly the kind of yeah, weird well, thing you can do with a multiverse story. Where you're like, it's okay if we just kill Reed Richards right away because-
1: It was every episode of Happy Tree Friends. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) So I just couldn't- It was fun. Again, watching it a second time, it was fun. But it was like, because it was the most brutal a Marvel movie I think has ever been, at least in individual scenes- it was jarring, you know. It was like I cannot believe that uh, Black Bolt just exploded his own head and his eye is bleeding. All
0: well, right, so like that one's really gruesome. He like explodes his own head, falls on the ground bleeding. Uh, John Krasinski's I think was one of the least gruesome because it was so silly. Yeah, yeah. He just kind of turns into spaghetti and yeah. You know? <laughs> uh, then you had Maria who had like a building fall on her, and then what I thought was one of the most gruesome ones was Captain Carter being cut in half. <laughs> By her own shield. <laughs> yeah. She's got Darth Maul. I can do this for the next approximately eight seconds. <laughs> it was fun to see her, her say, I could do this all day. Uh, but Angela, you're our resident Captain Carter lover, our Agent Carter, Captain Carter lover. You must have really loved her in this movie. Yeah,
2: correction. I am <laughs> our resident Agent Peggy Carter fan. Not Captain Carter just, I don't know, doesn't do it for me. I don't know why, like, in what if I was just sort of meh on her. Though I felt like she had a little more heart in that. and
0: Just kind of mean in this one. But yeah. in this
2: one, and I, this was probably partially intentional. I think all of the Illuminati in this were supposed to be kind of full of themselves, yeah. overconfident, mm-hmm. underestimating Wanda. Like, that was the point. So I understand why she kind of comes off the way she does in this. But I just, I think I just love that Agent Peggy Carter is very intelligent, quick-witted, you know, has a lot of, like, inner strength and um, and hope and, and all of these good qualities that she doesn't need to be, you know, buff and she doesn't need to be the super soldier in order to succeed and so I just kind of putting her in that position of being the super soldier just kind of strips away some things that I like about her I don't know why maybe it shouldn't maybe that's not fair to say I don't know but I just at least in this movie I just I'm not a huge fan and and it sucks because normally when she whenever Peggy is on screen in a movie like I'm like oh my gosh she's you know I get so excited when she showed up in Winter Soldier even though she was old and it was sad but like when she was in that when she showed up in the beginning of Ant-Man you know and she shows up in uh, Endgame and everything like every single time I'm so pleased to get to see her and then for some reason as Captain Carter it just falls flat for me and I don't know. It's disappointing. I wanted to like her more.
0: You know what her and Winter Soldier reminds me of? What? It reminds me of when Frodo goes to see Bilbo with the elves and he's all old. And oh. <laughs> that's what it reminds me of. They're the same kind of like old and frail. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I think I'm with you. I think if you're a fan of Cap'n Carter or of Agent Peggy Carter. Cap'n. Uh, Crunch. I don't think you're going to... Love how she is in this movie, but I like. I don't think you're gonna love how a lot of characters act in this movie. Maybe yeah. like Wanda included, you mm-hmm.
3: know? Yeah. And uh, the Illuminati has always kind of been like in the comics; they are too smart for their own good. Right? They're and, like,
0: oh, we need to make these decisions because clearly all of you yeah. are not capable of <laughs> making mean, these yeah. decisions. So look at the
3: people that are in the Illuminati in the comics. You got Tony Stark, Stephen Strange. Namor the Submariner, Reed Richards. I mean, right there, Dr. that Doom. is more ego. Doctor Doom, sometimes, yeah. yeah. Um, T'Challa, I mean, T'Challa at least is, <laughs> you know, that can stand T'Challa. Well, but T'Challa
0: the comic is a lot more. Like, that's true.
3: He's a lot more proud and and he's a
0: lot more like nationalist in the. He's he's very like Wakanda first, uh-huh. Wakanda only. Whereas yeah. I think the the T'Challa we've seen is a little bit more. Of worldwide health just kind of prestige a world-wide. <laughs> he is pitbull <he> yes, is. <laughs> is Bull, yes. Yeah. <laughs>
3: um, but yeah like it's there's so much ego in this little super secret boy band that they put together in the illuminati and it's just they make all the decisions and they're like well, who put you in charge we did you know <laughs> <laughs> we realized we were smarter than everyone else and we decided to do something about it <laughs> I will say in the comics, the
0: Illuminati is still a secret society. They are not like... Yeah. That, it is not... Oh, you want to go see... Oh, the, the Illuminati? Oh, they're right off the oh, yeah. blinker
2: street. Right <laughs> right <up here.
1: laughs> Come I,
0: check out this lobby with a big
1: statue.
2: Right. I also don't know if this is another hot take, and this is sort of connected back to my issues with the script feeling lazy, is the whole thing of and we've made fun of it already, but like Reed Richards, the, you know, smartest man in the world or whatever, that he says, you know, watch out, Wanda, with one word. Black Bolt can, you know, destroy you or what like giving away yeah. this guy's power. I can stretch. Just <laughs> for the sake of her being able to have the cool moment of saying what mouth and then, you know, that whole thing playing out. And does that feel lazy to anyone else that it's yeah. like, I think for the sake of the punchline and the visual that we get, we get this really dumb setup. Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: to, to me, that sounds like a Sam Raimi special, though. I think that is a, I think that's a, uh, that is, Sam Raimi is almost infamous for this like, oh, this is kind of stupid, but it got us here. <laughs> Shop smart. You know? Shop s <laughs> <laughs> And I'm going to talk about a lot of the Sam Raimi stuff here in a moment. Okay. So Xavier enters Maximoff's mind and attempts to liberate her from the Scarlet Witch, but fails as he snaps, she snaps his neck. One of the most like shocking deaths in the whole film, because you just literally don't see it coming. And it is Mm -hmm. terrifying. Yeah. Well,
3: jump scary. I am a little sad that this might be the only time in the MCU or in any movie where we actually get Charles Xavier and Wanda Maximoff together. Yeah. Because they're like two of the classic X-Men characters. Oh, well.
0: Mordo votes to kill Strange himself, who tricks him into destroying his restraints before escaping. The Illuminati's efforts have also brought Palmer enough time to free Chavez and the two escape into the sewers where they rendezvous with Strange. So in this movie, I think something that we haven't talked about too much yet, but there is Sam Raimi's stamp all over this. Sam Raimi is a very like the his style of directing and his style of movie making is very uh, specific and you could kind of pick it out very easily. Yeah. They even talk about this on the assembled. Right. It's yeah. And uh, this this scene right here was a big one for me where it was um they like close some door and they're all like standing on the other side of it and then they're like where's Wanda and then like it cuts to the door and then it cuts to Doctor Strange's face and it zooms in and then it cuts back to the door and then it cuts to America's it's face and lo-mo. it zooms
3: in she was yelling at the TV <laughs>
0: <laughs> why are they standing there and it cuts to, <laughs> cuts to Christine and then it cuts back to the door and then suddenly Wanda's there and it's a jump scare and it's just such a Sam Raimi yeah. thing it's kind of stupid what are they doing but also it's fun so who cares uh, or no. like the
1: distortion when they drink the tea and they're passing okay. out. Yeah. And the I screen is love
3: like, the slow motion. You son of a bitch. Or
1: like right before that, when Mordo is explaining everything to them, and it's like, uh, oh, the, the the transparent images over other images yeah. over other images of her like, like
3: preparing the dreamwalking spell. Yeah, yeah, the little story montage and even the music. I mean. In almost every movie Sam Raimi has made, uh, Danny Alfman has been the composer. Now, there mm-hmm. have been a couple exceptions because they had a bit of a falling out at, between Spider-Man 2 and 3, but they reconciled. Uh, so the music even feel like it has a certain like uh, we were talking about the electric guitar for the as like the dreamwalking motif and everything. Uh, it just feels kind of different from other Marvel movies. And I think it's kind of the Raimi touch to it. Yep.
0: So Maximoff continues to pursue them into the Gap Junction, where Strange retrieves the Book of Ashanti. However, Maximoff destroys it, takes control of Chavez, and uses her to send Strange and Palmer into another universe. She takes Chavez back to Earth-616, abandoning her alternate self, who returns home to Westview. Maximoff then prepares a ritual to take her powers. Elsewhere, Strange and Palmer land in a universe that is being destroyed by an incursion and head towards its New York sanctum. There, they find a sinister counterpart of him who had been corrupted by his copy of the Darkhold, possessing a third eye because of it. When questioned about the Darkhold, the sinister counterpart warns against using it, but Strange engages in a musical battle in order to retrieve the book, believing it to be the only way to stop Maximoff. The musical battle is... Maybe my favorite scene in the whole movie because it's yeah, just so fun and innovative and different. And something about this movie that I really, 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 really like is they made Doctor Strange's powers actually seem cool for yes. once. Yeah, like he 100%. actually is doing magic and is doing not just mirror dimensioning and making portals all the time. Mm-hmm. It's a it's, cult now. Right. It's very cool. Like you talked about this, <coughs> excuse me before the episode, but where he like shoots hands out and they're like demon hands that grab mm-hmm. the light pole mm-hmm. uh, that eventually throws uh, the, the, the pole into the eye of Shuma mm-hmm. uh, But there are so many moments where like he the does bl- the-, the
3: buzzsaw. Yeah, the he's got the dragons that come out of his hand. Yeah. I think they're Hydras, too because she cuts off a head and two more take its place. Um the the music fight, I think my favorite thing in it, besides like the whole the fact that the soundtrack goes on so well, is when he starts throwing the musical notes and the other strange puts up a musical staff to catch them. Yeah. <laughs> it's just so great. It's I love so it. funny. It's R- so really cool. inventive. Oh man, I just Doctor Strange's magic is so great in this. It is the best it's ever been. I also like that they make a distinction between sorcery and witchcraft. Right, Mm -hmm. The idea that there's a difference between those kinds of magic is really cool.
1: Another cool one is when he uh, embraces all those spirits while he's Zombie Strange. And they do the like uh, multiple hands thing behind Mm. a person, but it's the spirit hands while he's a zombie. And the rest of the spirits are his cloak, like... That's super cool. It's not necessarily magic, but it looks really I mean, he really, uses magic to like bring yeah, them in and like yeah. yeah. control to them. To wrangle them. Uh
0: Yeah, he's just so much cooler in this movie than he is in basically any other yeah, iterations. Still an asshole.
1: Absolutely. More magic variety. But but cooler. Yeah, way cool. <laughs>
0: The fight ends with Strange killing his evil counterpart, and Palmer reluctantly agrees to assist him as he dreamwalks in a defender Strange's corpse back on Earth-616. As he travels to Mount Wundagore, the spirits of the damned inhabiting the Darkhold attempt to attack Strange in both universes, but Palmer is able to protect Strange as he binds them into a cloak. He reunites with Wong, and they fight Maximoff, but are easily defeated. Despite their loss, Strange manages to inspire Chavez into refining her abilities against Maximoff, which results in her using her powers to send Maximoff back to Earth-838. There, she attacks her counterpart and attempts to comfort her kids, but they openly reject her. This causes Maximoff to collapse into tears, but her variant comforts her, breaking her out of the Darkhold's corruption. Look, you can say whatever you want about the decisions they made for Wanda leading into this. Elizabeth Olsen is at 110%. Oh, she here. kills it. She Absolutely. is. Absolutely. Yeah. She is just the whole movie. She is incredible. Here is another one where she's just so good.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I also just want to say about this whole sequence because uh, the, the summary kind of condenses it quite a bit. Zombie Doctor Strange wearing a cloak, uh, You know the whole fight with the damned souls and everything. I just love all of that. I love the absurdity of zombie Dr. Strange giving America a pep talk, too. Mm-hmm. That That is very Ramy, and I I love that aspect of this movie.
0: Realizing the destruction she has caused, Maximoff sacrifices herself to destroy the castle, and every copy of The Darkhold within the multiverse as Wong and Chavez return to comertage.
1: Peach? Oh, yeah. You don't have to make a big deal of this. I just don't... Maybe I, it's just something I need to accept, but I'm curious because it doesn't really, I'm not like sitting up at night thinking about this. Uh, is there an explanation for how she kills all the dark holes across all the
3: universes at once? Maybe Does she was able to be... siphon just enough of America's power to do it before the I thing guess. was interrupted. I don't yeah, know.
1: it just seems kind of weird. It prob- We'll probably never see the dark hole again, so it might not matter. But it just feels weird that she was able yeah, to Yeah, I that. wonder
2: if that was just kind of a shortcut to, yeah. like, let's do away with the dark hold so we don't have to worry about that yeah, as a yeah, factor yeah. anymore in the future.
0: Well, yeah. I, I, well, they kind of sort of explain why they do it, how how she got it done. Um, how? Magic. <laughs> oh. <okay>. <laughs> <laughs> oh I of never all seen the unbelievable that, things, is this the... is the one I'm dying on the sword. for. <laughs> <Yeah.
1: laughs> Music notes flying at each other? (laughs) Fine. (laughs) Interdimensional travel? Cool.
2: Climbing out of a gong?
1: Banana bread at work? (laughs) Hell
0: yeah. (laughs) Before they return to their home universes, Strange admits to Palmer that while he has always loved her, he was too insecure about committing to a real relationship. Carmitage begins to rebuild as Chavez starts her training in the mystical arts, while Strange returns to New York and repairs the watch his Palmer gifted to him. He takes a walk afterwards, only to collapse and cry in crowd and pain as his third eye opens. The better of the two MCU watch stories. <laughs> 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 We then get a mid-credit scene. Strange is approached by a sorceress who warns him that his actions have caused an incursion and they must put a stop to it. She opens a portal to the dark dimension, and the two walk in. I
1: wonder if Cleo will play. I mean, she has to play something in the
3: future. They didn't just bring her in for fun. They didn't just know. bring her in for fun. Yeah, we yeah. got Charlize Theron for uh, five seconds. <laughs> yeah, but, uh,
0: there's definitely plans for yeah.
3: Her in the I and they end with Doctor Strange will return. Uh, if there's not another Doctor Strange movie before, then the fact that he's dealing with incursions, I mean, that yeah, that points a big flashing arrow at Secret Wars.
1: And and speaking of romantic interests for Strange, since the Christine one just will never work out, uh, I'm pretty sure in their in comic runs, he and Clea are like married. Yes, yeah, they they have had a child.
3: Relationship. Uh, Clea is Dormammu's niece in the comics, uh-huh. I believe, or something like that. I don't know how that works. Dormammu is a little different in the comics as well, than, yeah. You know, than what we saw in the films, but um, I think he is much cooler in the comics. I agree. Um, <laughs> I here. I'm just gonna get this out, and this seems like the place to to bring it up. We talked about how Doctor Strange is a hypocrite, and he gets called out for his hypocrisy, you know, a couple times by Wanda, but nothing ever really happens. Yep. And I don't know where they're gonna deal with that, especially if there's not another Doctor Strange movie before secret wars but he's causing incursions he gets he meets Sinister an strange and he's like oh good you have the dark hold let me use that when yeah. the whole problem in this movie has been wanda's been using the dark hold and he's like oh i'll use that to stop <laughs> but let guys me, what me, if i use the dark hold yeah i'll dream walk <laughs> into i'll dream into a corpse uh which again visually and conceptually i love but when uh, to borrow the phrase from Baron Mordo, the bill comes due. When is that going to happen? I real I need Doctor Strange to face some consequences. Dreamwalking into a corpse is my favorite Panic at the Disco song.
0: <laughs> That's more of like a more like a Chiodo song. That it does sound like a Chiodo song.
1: Never mind. <laughs> Counter, my favorite song.
2: Counterpoint. Is it fair to say nothing happens because? they do wrap up the storyline of, like, he's able to let go of Christine finally, Mm -hmm. and he's able to put his trust in other people to be able to, you know, finish what they set out to do, in this case, America, and put that faith in her that she can take control of her powers, which was a gamble, Uh you know, but he did it because it was the right thing to do, and, you know...
1: Instead of taking the power from her, like Wong said, yeah, yeah. the supreme... Sorcerer, exactly. Uh-huh. So, like,
2: it even got to the point where Wong, who we consider to have more, a better moral center than Doctor Strange, he even is like, you know, dude, we gotta, yeah. At this point, we I have was no other option. In Wong,
3: at that moment, you know,
2: like, so I feel like he did have some character development. Oh, in this. oh, I'm not I feel saying like that he doesn't did have growth. He has learn some... and grow, but it's not all just gonna be. You know, completely resolved in this yeah. one movie. I mean, we've that that was the same thing with Iron Man. I mean, Iron Man kept kind of making the same mm-hmm. mistakes. Tony keeps making the same mistakes, but he kind of learns and grows from them, but then he'll make similar mistakes in the future. Like it, it doesn't ever fully go away, I feel like yeah. that part of your character. And so that's at least for me why I was okay with. That he did kind of learn and grow, but he also did still, you know, there's some parts of him that still kind of messed up in a way. Yeah, (laughs)
1: changing behaviors is all about baby steps, right? You don't cold turkey go from one thing to another. I mean, you can, but it's not as successful if you go from cold turkey doing one thing to another, whereas you take things in steps, baby steps, strides, like, yeah, I'll be arrogant 80% of the time
3: instead of 100% of the time, you know, like, and I'll work my way down to zero, Mm Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, you know? I'm not talking about, like, his personal growth, though. I mean, I do think that there is character development here. I think he does learn a lesson here. But I he keeps boldly making these choices that are arguably bad choices, where he's, you know, using the Time Stone in ways that's not supposed to be used, or, you know, using the dark hold. And, yeah, he gets his third eye at the end there. But... When is this all gonna come back and bite him in the ass? Is what I'm wondering. Hmm. Because he, he it hasn't yet. We don't really know what the. I mean, he caused an incursion somewhere somehow. Uh, so we know that. But then he's like, "Okay, yes, I'll go on an adventure with you, hot lady." You know, it's like uh, I will. I will jump through this portal. You just sliced are you telling
1: in the air? me if a hot lady. Uh, confronted you and ripped a hole open in the fabric of the universe that said, doesn't feel jump like a in bad this consequence hole with me. To me,
3: I would say yes. Are yeah, no, you telling me you would not? I'm just saying something bad has to happen to Doctor Strange <laughs> at some point. You're right. That does, because sound, that does sound like too much of a good thing. As Wanda said, it's not fair <laughs> okay, that Charlize. he... That he gets to break the rules and everyone goes, good job, Stephen. You you saved everyone again. Yeah. You, you, you made it. You you broke the rules, but it was for a good reason, and everything turned out okay. You, uh, the darkholds are all gone now. Wanda's not gonna kill America Chavez, and she's joining you in the sorcerer. There at some point, there ne- he needs a comeuppance. I I think, and and, and it. Keeps getting pushed to the next thing, and I just don't know when they're going to deal with is it. Is
2: the third eye not the comeuppance? I mean, yeah, isn't now that he has a kind third of eye. <laughs> isn't that sort of s- symbolic of like some corruption happened to him yeah. because he decided to use the dark? And I, and I, and
3: I, and, I, and that could be where they're going with it. And it's it it just feels like it's getting shunted off to the next movie, which is is maybe fine. You know, maybe like when the next Doctor Strange movie comes out, or the next time we see him, whenever that is we're actually going to start dealing with these consequences. I'm not convinced the third
1: eye is a bad thing because he, like, yes, at the end of the movie, he's, like, writhing on the ground in pain because his third eye is coming out. But then when Clea's like, all right, let's go do this thing, he, like, almost summons his third eye. He's like, all right, let's go. And it looks like he's about to enhance his powers. Yeah. Like, he puts the cloak on and he changes costume and then the eye comes out as if it is part of the... All right, I've equipped my gear.
3: Yeah, that. Yeah, that's. I think that's what I'm getting with the disconnect is for me. And again, maybe it will be dealt with somewhere down the line. And it feels like a great way to bring back Mordo as well. You know, to kind of be like, "Hey, Mordo was right. He warned you about this shit, and you just keep." He doing hates things. third eyes. Yeah, there's nothing he hates more than a third eye, especially
1: She's- when they're blind.
0: MVPs, I'll start. My MVP for this, after all we've talked about, <laughs> after all of this, is Wanda Maximoff. I think she's the main character of this movie. She's both the pro and antagonist, and I think Elizabeth Olsen is just killing it the entire time. Peach?
1: Yeah, I'm, I struggled... Um I struggled to pick somebody that I think is the MVP of this movie. I do going back, you know, two and a half hours. <laughs> um, I do wish the Wanda story would have played out a little bit differently. Not that she doesn't act the hell out of what they gave her. Like this is not a, uh, criticism of her acting because she is superb. um, but I, you know, that is part of why I'm struggling here. And I think based on the conversation we had a few minutes ago, and this could be recency bias, I think I'm actually going to give it to the titular character. I'm going to give it to Doctor Strange because he does cool magic things that we've never seen before. Uh, do I love him as a person? No, not really. I agree with Chris. I don't think he learned that much of a lesson, maybe a little bit, but as far as uh cool stuff in the movie he did a lot of cool stuff in the movie so that's why i have this could change at any moment i don't (laughs) know
3: it's still a struggle for me uh chris yeah i for the same reason as you i i could give it to elizabeth olsen but i don't know if i could give it to wanda just because of the issues i have with that storyline yeah But, but she's fantastic and like i said i actually do like scary scarlet witch um I'm going to have to go with the hands of Dr. Strange Conjured to grab the flagpole uh, to throw at Shuma Groth. Um, what about you,
2: Angela? It's not a real answer. I know it's not a real answer.
3: It's a cop-out. That's what I do. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's either it's either that or... All or the, are bad. The lady in the church. Um, the lady in the church lady. Uh, this it, is a hard one for me because I, I really feel like Dr. Strange is mostly along for the ride in this movie. Uh, I really wish they had done more with America because I like America and I'm excited to see where she goes, but I don't feel like she's really a focus in this movie either. So yeah, Mm. it's really hard for me to pick. There's not really a standout character for me, I guess.
2: Yeah, I agree. America, I think she could be great. And I really like Sochi Gomez. I think she seems like a really great person and fun. And I think they could develop this character to be much more interesting um, I just felt like she didn't get enough to do in this like character-wise. She was just sort of the thing that needed to be protected the whole time. Um, I do think this was Doctor Strange's best appearance, I think, out of everything he's been in because of like we said all the cool magic he gets to do, all the different versions of himself that, you know, Benedict Cumberbatch got to play. I think that's cool. Um, but Even if this wasn't the story I wanted, Wanda is my MVP. Like she has to be because she was the person I was most intrigued to see on the screen. She was the person who was the most interesting, had the most interesting storyline. And Elizabeth Olsen is a queen. Like she acts the shit out of this. Just when you watch her face as she's talking to Doctor Strange in the beginning when she's talking about how she's been reasonable and I don't know, just all the emotions she goes through and the conflict within her. She just plays it off so be- beautifully and um, I just feel like there's really no other option for MVP for this she's movie. She's
3: certainly a standout performer in the film.
0: So how does this fit in the MCU? This is an interesting one mm-hmm. because I think before this movie was released, people, lots of people assumed that this was going to be a large sprawling film that incorporated lots of different, was going to introduce all kinds of characters and was going to be this, like, the next phase of the MCU. And what we ended up getting was a much more contained story. Mm-hmm. It is significantly less of what people had kind of originally assumed was going to happen with it.
3: Yeah. If I had to guess, I think Avengers Secret Wars is just going to be what people thought this movie was going to be. Yeah. And that makes more sense. Yep. We might
1: have had a different answer to this question had we recorded this episode pre-Comic-Con. Now that we know that the phases four through six are dubbed the multiverse saga, you know, maybe this is the multiverse 101. Now you know how things work out here. And now we're going to fuck with it in 75 different ways. And they
0: also, and I'm still confused, but they also like tackled a little bit of like the differences between moving to different dimensions and then different timelines in that assembled documentary. Yeah, Cause they talk a little bit about rules. what happens in Loki and how in Loki they can move to different timelines, but actually moving to different dimensions is almost impossible, which is why America Chavez is so important.
3: Mm-hmm. That but
0: just confused me
3: more too. <laughs> well, <Wait, laughs> yeah. you I know, thought- if Peter Parker messes with your spells, then it Wait can also happen. Yep.
2: I thought what America can do is she can travel the multiverse, the different universes that there are. Yes. But what Doctor Strange and Wong and you know the sorcerers can do is they can enter alternate dimensions, like the mirror dimension. I I used the wrong term, so I should have said universes. Yeah, because there's universes,
3: timelines, and dimensions, and I think they're all different. (laughs) I agree. Yep.
2: There's multiple timelines within a universe. Yes. And mm-hmm. there's multiple universes. And, and
3: each universe has dimensions as well, like yeah. the newer dimension. Yeah. And, why the mirror got, dimension. Why and then there are
0: t- dimensions <laughs> that kind of connect universes to each other.
1: You guys are yeah. talking about this, and I'm looking like the graphics interchange format of that guy <laughs> that's just shaking his head and blinking. The blinky guy. Yeah, yeah it kind of yeah. looks like Dexter Morgan, but isn't.
2: I think what I got frustrated with, if going back to like how does this fit in the MCU is... We got with Loki. I thought that was... You got with Loki? (laughs) I wish. What? We
1: have
0: to talk after this podcast. Yeah, well, I'm going (laughs) to go hang out with Clea.
4: I like that tweet. I don't know if you guys have seen that.
0: There's like a a video of like Bad Bunny kissing some girl that's not his girlfriend. Apparently, they're in like an open relationship. And this dude tweeted out. He's like, if Bad Bunny going to kiss my girlfriend, he's going to have to kiss me first. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
2: um i just felt like we kind of did get multiverse 101 with loki and i was hoping that this movie was going to tie in not just with wandavision but with what we learned in loki but i shouldn't have wished for that because i feel like they are still trying to keep the movies not separate from the shows but just separate enough that if you are an mcu viewer who doesn't watch the shows that you can still keep up
3: i really want to know what people who didn't watch wandavision thought of this movie
2: Uh, yeah
0: i I know a couple people because bailey knows a couple people and Mm. they were very confused
3: yeah Hmm. so this by the way was a big answer to the question of do the tv shows actually make a difference in the movies and yeah it turns out they do turns out they do yeah
1: yeah i think for the most part we've landed on most of the mcu content whether it's a show or a movie. Could be standalone successfully. I don't think this is in that bucket. Yeah, I don't think. I think
3: when you have a major character, like when you have a character who's a major character in something, major character, and they were a major character in something else, you need to at least be familiar with the other thing that they're in. So, like if Wanda is the second build character, or uh, you know, in this movie. Then certainly you should watch the TV show that she was first building. It's, it's you know this is what, also though? like a direct continuation of that story. At line. the same
1: yeah. time, I think it's a pretty easy concept to understand. Of I want my family back, where you maybe you don't need. I mean, you said those people were confused. It might
3: just be. But those if you people. watched all the movies and she never had kids before,
1: <laughs> yeah, I guess. I don't know. I yeah. I I I do. I maybe just devil's advocating a little bit here, uh. Like maybe it is possible, but I I don't think it is. I just
0: maybe. So ratings, Angela. We'll start with you. What are you gonna rate, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness?
2: I gave it um, six stupid <laughs> pizza balls <laughs> out of ten.
1: How many smart pizza balls is that? <laughs>
2: For. oh <laughs>
3: chris what about you uh this was extremely hard for me because there's a lot of stuff in this movie that i love but there's a fundamental piece of the story that i hate and i can't divorce myself from that so i'm gonna roll I'm, i i said this after we saw it and i think it remains true this is the most i've ever disliked a movie that i liked Uh, so I'm gonna just go right in the middle and give it five cloaks made from souls of the damned out of ten Uh, I like this movie Honestly, if I was going to rate the movie based on
0: name alone, I'd give it a 10 out of 10. Oh, it's <laughs> Doctor Strange in <laughs> the Multiverse of Madness. Fantastic Incredible name. name. Yeah. Incredible name. But as far as the film is concerned, I liked it. I think it's one of those movies that I'm going to have on sometimes just because it's like a fun watch. Like I I know maybe the the killing of all the people isn't necessarily fun, but <laughs> hey, I think it's- it's what you're into, man. It's, well, it's horror movie fun. Yeah. Well, I think it's like wacky. Like it is not, it doesn't, yeah. it's not taking itself seriously, yeah. you know? Uh, and I think that stuff is kind of fun. So I'm going to give it eight- Spaghetti, Jim Halpert, out of 10. <laughs> uh, Peach, what about you?
1: Yeah, I said earlier that my rating maybe went up, but the truth is that I didn't, because I was so dumbfounded after the first watch, I don't I don't know that I would have been able to rate it until seeing it the second time. So up, down, I don't really know. What I landed on was that once I got past the, uh, whether or not I, however I felt about the Wanda storyline, it doesn't matter. It happened the way it happened. Once I got past that and watched it the second time, I did enjoy the movie. I thought the action scenes were fun. I thought it was beautiful in a lot of different scenes. Um, And I like horror, so the horror elements were cool. So I ended up giving it seven and a half sharp notes out of ten.
0: So rankings, Peach, where does this uh, kind of fall in your rankings? You don't have to give your whole rankings, just kind of like...
1: I never do. Uh, (laughs) So this, I think, is definitely the better of the two Doctor Strange films. Um, The first one... You know, way, way, way back when we did that one, kind of bored me. So I have this higher than that one. Seven and a half puts it. Um, I put it at the top of my seven and a halves. So it's before Ant Man, before the first Captain America, before Guardians Two. Uh, but right after my eights, which are like Iron Man, Iron Man Three, Thor Ragnarok, and Shang Chi. Um, so it's in between. It that it's sandwiched between those things. I think. It's fun enough. You know, it kind of has that fun Ant Man vibe sometimes. Uh, But it's not as fun and put together as a Shang-Chi, in my opinion, you know? So that's kind of why I placed it there. I don't know. I think even if I would have given it an eight, it would have stayed right there. Angela?
2: So I kind of had to like redo my MCU ranking because it's been a while. (laughs) It's
1: been a while. (laughs) Um,
2: And. I have it kind of near the bottom of my list, which I'm sure, you know, maybe is not a surprise to anyone, but... You have um, it under
0: Thor, too?
2: Correct. God, because (laughs) because
1: Thor hangs Mjolnir on a coat rack, Eduardo. That is pretty great. (laughs) That's a
0: good point.
2: I just... I think I've been able to marinate on these movies for, you know, many, many months now, especially as we keep getting new content and everything from Disney+. And I think I've, while Thor 2 is not great and I still fall asleep during it, it does have some really great character moments as well between Thor and Loki. I think it has some redeemable qualities and I think the way I rank stuff is more, what am I more likely to rewatch? What am I more likely to throw on in the background or something? And, and what did I have more of a good time, you know, watching So Doctor Strange 2 just kind of falls towards the end of my list for me. I did like it better than the first Doctor Strange, um, which I agree with Peach kind of bored me and I still fall asleep when I watch it. Um, Though I like it better than I used to, I will say. Um, And then Eternals and Hulk (laughs) is kind of at the bottom of my list. Yeah, I kind of like. I, I like most of the MCU better than this movie. and But I also feel like we're getting to that point too where the, there's just so much content and just so many movies. And I don't think any of them are complete trash. It's just someone has to be at the bottom and that's just sort of how these rankings play out. So it doesn't even mean it's a horrible movie. It just means I liked all these other things better.
0: <laughs> I think for me, it kind of falls towards the 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 middle of the pack but the like end of the middle of the pack Um, like I have it below like Ragnarok and Homecoming but I have it above the first Doctor Strange and Ant-Man and the Wasp like it's just kind of like middling in there it's like a fun movie that I'll watch sometimes but it's not like one of my favorites what about you Chris
3: I I legitimately do not know where to put it I I if we're going based purely off of numbers, I think I've only rated one thing lower than this, and that's Dark World. What did you rate Dark World? 4.5. I went back and looked at it. Okay. Um, which, maybe that was harsh, but I then I think about how boring the middle of that movie is. I don't even remember yeah. it. And I get mad about that all over again. Uh, but even Dark World has a lot of things in it that I do like. And that's the thing about this movie. And I will say, because I, I haven't said this yet, but I... I want Sam Raimi to direct more Doctor Strange. I think he's the right guy for it. I loved the Raimi camp and horror and like horror comedy aspects of it. Some of the more over the top stuff, all the point of view shots, or the point of view shot of like the souls attacking Christine. I love that. It's goofy, crazy fun. And I think it works for Doctor Strange. And I, and I really enjoy that aspect of it. But this is also the only Marvel movie that has made me angry. So like, I, I, I gotta put it on the lower end for me, but also I want more if that makes sense. I want more of some I want more of the things that I liked from this movie because if I look at it on its own, it's good. I enjoy it. But if I look at it as part of the whole and what it's done for the overarching story on of of these characters, I really really don't like that. so it's it's really weird for me. I don't know. so it's somewhere in the lower third of the, of the rankings I guess.
0: So, it's time for every it's time for everyone's favorite segment. Oh Jesus. Recommendations. Recommendation jingle. Yeah. Hey. Does everyone have something they'd like to recommend to our listeners to get them through their week?
3: I I will go first because I have something prepared. I would like to recommend the filmography of Jordan Peele. Uh just all three of his movies. Um, I I I had seen Us. Well, actually, I saw Us when it came out, but I had not seen Get Out yet. Um, But I loved Us. I thought it was really well done. Um, I'm still, I've gone on it before. I'm still mad that Lupita Nyong'o was not nominated for an Oscar for that movie. I'm still mad that Michael Abel's wasn't nominated for Best Score for that movie either. So, Nope just came out. And in preparation for that, I finally watched Get Out. We watched it. Uh, Angela actually hadn't seen it either.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, and we watched it, and I thought that movie was so good. And and then we saw Nope, and I really enjoyed that as well. I, I would probably rank it third of his movies, but something has to be third when you've made three movies. Uh, and that's it. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. His brand of horror is very much, and this feels like an obvious comparison now because he produced a reboot of the show but it is very much in the rod serling twilight zone wheelhouse where he has big ideas of like things that he wants to comment on and he uses the trappings of horror and suspense and science fiction uh to do sort of a satire Uh, and his comedy background i think really does well because comedy and horror are very similar in a lot of ways where it's about timing and surprise and, and, you know, they're legitimately funny moments in all these movies as well. Um, but Nope um, is not the movie that you think it is, I, I think. Uh, it is, you know, a sci-fi alien invasion type movie. But it has a lot more to say about Hollywood and filmmaking and, and just some surprising themes in it. Excellent performances. Uh, I would recommend all three of his movies. Uh, check those out. I, I, I think they're all all very good. And I think it's great that there is a filmmaker who makes has original ideas, is able to secure the funding to produce those original ideas, and then people go out and see those movies and they make money. And he's very successful with original ideas. When everyone talks about you know the over-franchisization of Hollywood, I don't know what I'm saying. You know, everyone's, every, everyone's always like, oh, it's all reboots and franchises and sequels. Well, here's a guy that's putting out original stuff that's doing very well. So, yeah, uh, that, that's what I recommend. Who's next? Uh,
1: last week, I pseudo-recommended Untitled Goose Game because it got brought up in conversation. So now I will officially recommend <laughs> Untitled Goose Game with some description. So it's a very chaotic but fun game it's it's not long uh and it's cheap, so you can probably find it on Steam or or switch. I played it on switch uh and you literally just play as this goose who is terrorizing everybody around you to solve puzzles, and it's <laughs> really dumb and fun. There's a dedicated honk button uh where you can just sit there and I
0: ah, have ah, ah. <laughs> one of those but uh. <laughs> <laughs> but
1: it's fun because you're, you like you're like, messing with people in, like, environments. Like, I think one of them is you're at, like, a market, uh, if I remember correctly. Like, maybe a garage sale or something. I don't remember exactly where you're at. But you go around and you honk at things and you, like, pull things off of tables and you mess with, like, a ball that a kid's trying to kick around or whatever. And you have to figure out how to mess with people in the right way. To get out of that little scene that you're in as the goose Um, so like there's a puzzle where you can open up a garage door and some one of the residents spoiler alert one of the residents goes up to look at the garage door and if you time something else that you can do exactly right they get scared run into the garage and then they get locked in the garage and that's like how you progress that puzzle that kind of stuff so it's really fun it's really cheap I finished it in one stream um, so if you like, it's so much fun. if you like nonsense games that'll just make you smile, Untitled Goose Game.
3: I just wanted to share the uh, the official description of the game is: "It's a lovely morning in the village, and you are a horrible goose." Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what more of a selling point do you need? Yeah. You got anything?
2: Um. Well, my joke recommendation would be real New York style pizza in the shape of real pizza
1: (laughs) doesn't sound like a joke to me (laughs)
2: um but my real recommendation which probably for a lot of people this is like old news old hat um but i've been playing hollow Knight lately and i was inspired to play it by the streamer i follow she plays a lot of really story driven kind of First or third person shooter kind of games. I watched her Bioshock playthroughs, and then I've been watching like her God of War playthrough, and she's done Prey and like lots of those kinds of games. A lot of horror games are just really fun. But she kind of inspires me to try games that maybe I wouldn't have thought of trying or hadn't heard of or something. Um, shout out to Synthetics, that's her name. If yeah, I played interested. a little.
0: I played a little Prey, and it's basically just
3: Bioshock in space. Yeah. Um, with Benedict Wong mm. as one of the characters. but like yeah.
2: those are the kinds of games she normally plays and then she finally started Hollow Knight and she's not usually a platformer gamer but like so many of her followers were like you have to play this game so she finally started playing it and then upon watching her first video of her playing it, I was like This actually looks really cool and cute and kind of like a cozy game, except that it's hard Hard as fuck. (laughs) Incredibly difficult. So I downloaded it for Switch, and it's very addicting and really fun. So even if you're not a huge fan of platformer games, I would recommend trying it.
3: I'll I'll second that recommendation, because I had already played it. I had it on, on my Switch, and... If you listen to our bonus episode, I went off about the Metroid series, and Hollow Knight is an excellent example of a Metroidvania.
1: Listen. just a
3: wonderful, <laughs> wonderful game.
1: Listen, homies, if you're directionally challenged, Hollow Knight is that much harder. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed that game, but I got lost so frequently yeah, that yeah. I, I couldn't even put the Metroidvania puzzle pieces together because I was like, I don't know. <laughs> it's so, almost impo-
3: you get a charm that you can equip that will show you where you are on the map. And I find it impossible to play the game without that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah, I
1: agree. If you're directionally challenged like me, maybe take notes while you play yeah. the game.
0: <laughs> so I've got two. I'm gonna make a, a a recurring recommendation, one that Peach made a few episodes ago, and I'm gonna recommend everybody play Hades, The Venture Bros. Mm-hmm. Uh, I <laughs> played. Uh, I restarted my Hades thing because when I play games, I don't know if you guys are like this. I, if it's been too much time, I cannot pick up where I left Yeah, game you got to start over. I have Same. to start. I just can't do it. Oh, so yeah, I, you know I'm like that. So I did that with uh, with Hades. And I did that. We were on a cruise this past weekend. And basically, the whole cruise, I read a book. And the, when I wasn't reading the book, I was playing Hades or eating and sleeping. Those are the four things I did on the cruise. <laughs> that uh, sounds was, so nice. It was very yeah. fun. Uh, but Hades is just so good. The art is doesn't get talked about enough it's incredible uh they make everyone so hot uh (laughs) everyone everyone's just so attractive in that game hot lady yeah uh and the music is incredible the gameplay is so addicting it it really just perfects that rogue like formula, light, light. I don't know, whichever yeah, one, whatever you want to call that's it.
1: That's what we settled on last time, rogue light. Uh,
0: but my my recommendation for this week, uh, every night, um, when it's my turn, because my, my wife and I take turns, um, but when it's my turn to put Raft to sleep, I get him in his pajamas, we sit down on the couch, and we have been watching together Gravity Falls. And that's one of those shows that has been like recommended all over the place. People who watch that show have been like, you have to watch Gravity Falls, it's yeah. so good. Uh, and it's you know it's like a kids show but you start to watch it and especially in the second season there are only two seasons the themes that it is presenting are significantly more adult than your than the the facade that it's giving you of its uh, the show's conception like it is about these two kids that go and live with their great uncle in this weird town for a summer and his un- their uncle owns this like shop that's like a it's like Wonders and curiosities and stuff And then there's a bunch of weird stuff That happens through the town Like the first episode It's a little bit of a spoiler But I'm gonna spoil the first episode They find a bunch of gnomes Living in the forest And the gnomes have like you just ruined this for me. They like you <laughs> can't watch now. I think they like huh? end up doing like a like a trench coat thing where they stack up on top of each <laughs> other and like walk around and touch you know that kind of stuff. And it's a bunch of nonsense like that. Um, but like I've also heard it described as Rick and Morty if it was like for like families. Like mm. if it wasn't as crass and rude as Rick and Morty is if it was more of like a more subdued and more like or family. And it is very funny. It is very smart. It's very well written. And the voice cast that they get to play these characters, you will not think, you'll like um, be listening and be like, wait a second, like today jk simmons showed up and i was hey. like what's he doing here Tenzin. uh what's his name that plays uh, ron swanson um, oh, nick, nick, nick offerman's in there there's nice. like a lot of people that just kind of like make appearances and you're like wait a second like they're very well known and recognized voices um so highly recommend gravity falls if you're looking for something fun
3: to watch i've always heard really good things about it just one i haven't gotten around to yet yeah so it's m- it, maybe it's very
0: good it's very good but well, that's going to do it for this episode of Assembly Required. We we reached our goal of making the show longer than the movie itself. <laughs> yep, great job, far, everyone. Think- <laughs> uh, but before we go, if you'd like to support the show, you can do so over at Patreon.com/slash/AssemblyRequired. Join our patron exclusive Discord. Um, shout out to our newest patron, Minister Marvel, Minister Marvel? Marvel, Minister yeah. Marvel. Uh, shout out to you. Um, Shout out to our Avengers-level patrons, Brian, Riley, Adrian, and Michael. We really appreciate you guys. Uh, We appreciate all of our patrons. Um, We just put out our first bonus episode. We're going to have another bonus episode at the beginning of next month. So be on the lookout for that. And that one will be exclusive to the Patreon for those the tiers that are, are, are part of that. Um, so if you are interested in us talking about non-Marvel things, uh, go over and support us on Patreon and you'll be first to be able to listen and to that kind of
1: email stuff. email us if you have a cool show name because we're still figuring it out.
0: Fair, fair. You can do so over at AssemblyRequiredCast at gmail.com. You can follow the show on Twitter at AssemblyCast. You can follow all of us individually. Psych, only two of us. You can follow me. ABCD Eduardo One. Angela, are you still, are you on Twitter? Do you want to be shouted out? These two have now abstained. They're not even, in, it's just me every week now. Oh. Enjoy your Twitter,
3: nerd.
2: <laughs> I mean, I'm on there at the lady sound, but.
3: Right. Which is I, a reference to this it, very podcast. Yes. <laughs> so you win.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> but that's gonna do it for myself, for Chris, for Peaches, and for Angela. We love you 3000. Bye everybody. Luma Whatdy? Pouf, <coughs> 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 <Condemner. laughs> I don't understand. Were you beatboxing just now? (laughs)
1: That's my new sign-off. Just terrible beatboxing. (laughs) 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 I'm not doing that every time. (laughs)